small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey, everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me across the table, we're live and in person. Uh, fuck that COVID. We're vaccinated, maskless. Mike Schmidt. Hi, and I, and I'm I'm actually closer to you than I've ever been. I mean, I normally when I do the show, I'm I'm a pole vault away. We, we we would put you six feet away. I'm a long jump away. But no, we're this is it now. Yeah. This is I've had more than one person around this table recently. I could touch your face right now if I wanted. <laughs> okay, <laughs> put your thumb in my mouth. Keep, keep that in mind for the rest Aww, of the show. Baby wants a thumb in his mouth. <laughs> I'll spring it on you. We'll see what happens. <laughs> By the way, your new nickname is Maskless Mike Schmidt. Oh, I'll take that. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Uh, Mike, you've been called here today. Summoned, I would say. Summoned. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were going to do this last week. I've been sick for about two weeks. It's a disappointment, honestly. We, and we were analyzing and figuring out what was wrong with you, and nobody knows, but I'm glad you're better now. Right, right. It was, uh, it was uh, believed to be a UTI. I wasn't then... going to say that. I didn't think you'd want to bring it up. Why? But... Do you know, is that not a good thing to say? It's an embarrassment of some sort, in my opinion. I don't even know how I would get one. First of all, I don't have one, because they. that's what they told me I had, they diagnosed me as that, and then they prescribed Cipro, and I took that for five days, and then they called me and said, oh yeah, negative for UTI. So what was my gut pain? I assume it was a minor diverticulitis flare-up, because when I've had a major diverticulitis flare-up, I wanted to uh, cut my head off. Yeah. So this was just, um, this was pain. So, wait, so the doctor to... said, I assume it was a minor diverticulous flare-up? No, I'm, again, I'm also, uh, oh, I see. I, I'm self-diagnosing I see. I was going to say, because your doctor agreed with your poker buddies. Yeah. That's never a good sign right. that we we were ahead of the game on that with him. By the way, we are recording this on July 25th. You're not going to hear it till September. So by the time uh, most of you hear this, uh, this will be all null and void. Well, you should put this out in November. Well, I'm going to, because of the rain. You're absolutely right. Uh, Actually, in September, it'll be the 30th anniversary of these two albums. They were released September 17th, 1991. Let me ask you this. Do you remember? The cold November rain? (laughs) No, no. The the, the 25th day of September? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I can't remember. I never know the date. How do I not know the goddamn date? I don't know. Do you remember? Oh, you're you're earth winding firing. EWF, I call them. All right. So let me tell you this also. Some of you, though, this, uh, the things that we're talking about right now, you're going to hear this uh, uh, probably in a day or two, and I'm talking about the ASAP Club. I'm going to tell you what that is. Go to patreon.com forward slash rock solid podcast, and for $5 a month, I'll follow you back on Twitter. You can win uh, almost weekly prizes, and you're going to get your episodes ASAP, which means soon after they're recorded and ad-free. $5 a month. I, I, I can't think of a better bargain. There I is can't. no better bargain. There is no better bargain. So remember, when you're hearing this in September, you could have heard it in July. Yeah. And then relevant, because uh, you could be dead from diverticulitis by September. Well, I do like that kind of uh, humor. So sure. <laughs> sure, maskless Mike. What are you bringing? You're bringing the variant? Well, here? now that I'm maskless Mike, I could be dead by September. Who knows? <laughs> right now, everything's a coin flip for everybody in this world. <laughs> Who knows, man? <laughs> We could both be right next door to hell. Oh, look at what you just did. I know. That kicks off Use Your Illusion Volume 1. But let's talk a little bit about the albums first, Mike. Uh, 30 years ago, September 17th, 1991, 
four years after Appetite for Destruction, album artwork by Mark Kostabi, if I'm saying that right. Mm-hmm. K-O-S-T-A-B-I. How would you say it? I would say Kostabi. Kostabi. Mm-hmm. 30 songs. That's how they follow up Appetite for Destruction. They're yes. like, can we even follow up that album? Let's try it with 30 songs. Well, you say four years, but also remember, you know, you release Appetite for Destruction, it took a year to explode. Because it was, yeah. you know, it was out, and then and, we and then we got the EP in there, and Patience was a hit. Yes, but the, but but Appetite didn't. It wasn't a hit from the jump. You right. know what I mean? It was one of those things where they put it out, and then it just kind of it was there, and 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 then it got discovered, and then people found Jungle, and then MTV found it, and then Paradise City, and then forget it, it exploded. Right. But I think it was out for almost nine months before it became any any big uh, release. You're right. And then they toured behind that, and like you said, then the EP came out as well. So it wasn't like they were fucking around and doing nothing for four years. You know, they weren't they weren't Elvis, you know what I mean, hiding in a in a, a dark room. They might have been hiding in some dark rooms, but they were also working and touring and doing things. Right. Right. I, I don't I don't know why I'm fighting for the work uh, yeah, ethic of Guns N' Roses. I know. <laughs> they, they seem like they're they like they, you know. They need a lawyer. They need me at this yeah, point to defend the, them. The only thing that, that they don't do uh in regard to worth work ethic is uh, show up on time. Yeah. I mean that's <laughs> the thing. They're busy. They're busy guys. They come in at eleven o'clock. Well, I'll tell you what, they used to get up around seven. <laughs> they go to bed around nine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mr. Brownstone. Okay, so we're going to talk about these albums. We're going to start with the first track on Use Your Illusion 1, and we're going to go to the last track on Use Your Illusion 2. That's a, it's probably the way you should do it, I would imagine. In order, I would, I would In hope. In order. Each uh, album contains one cover song. Yes. Uh, each album contains... One of, one of them is great, and one of them I don't know why Why don't they we wait it. till it comes up? All right. Uh, each album contains a different version of the song Don't Cry. Mm-hmm. We got a new drummer in the band on every song but one. And I'll tell you what that song is when we get to it. Uh, the Mighty Matt Sorum, who, by the way, if you're an ASAP Club member, you're hearing this right now, Matt Sorum will be on the show. Nice. We're going to talk about Neurotic Outsiders, Velvet Revolver, Guns N' Roses, The Cult, and his recent work with Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top. Now, everyone else, in September, you've already heard it. And, you, and this doesn't mean anything to you. Yeah, you know what you hear. You've heard yeah. it, you've loved yeah. it, you've digested it. But it he, makes you even more excited to hear this because you can take the words that he's, he right. spit out earlier by himself and, and right. apply them to these. Songs. Right. The band for these two albums is Axel slash Duff, Izzy, and Dizzy Reed. Apparently, only the drummers can have normal names. <laughs> Matt and Steven. <laughs> Everyone else, you know, you're dingy, you're bingy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, a, it's like the, the Marx Brothers over there. <laughs> Harpo, Zeppo, Dizzy Reed. Well, they um, lived in a dumpster for a while. I mean, I mean honestly, they, they've had a, they had a rough time in Hollywood living in a storage area. And that's not even a lie. That's completely true. They I lived know. Them together. I know. All of them lived together in a storage area. Look, uh, that's when you really want it, when you're willing to Fuck do that. Yes. That's when you really want it. I agree. Completely I completely mean, agree. You know, People that people that make it sometimes will live in hor- horrific conditions. That's why I'm not famous. I'm I wasn't willing to do that. You had a house, yeah. You were I like, wasn't willing to not that? have a, a nice apartment and stuff. I just like you know. When but, I had to choose, I was leaving Chicago the second time in '97, and I was like, all right, I can go to I can go to New York where I can work hard at stand-up and we can get a really tiny fucking place and struggle, but it's a better place for stand-up. Or I can go to L.A. where there's also uh, acting possibilities to stand-up. And also, I know people there and I know the town because I used to live there. And uh, I chose the easy route. I, I Of course, I chose the hammock. What am I gonna do? Why am I going to choose yeah. bed of nails when the hammock is right there? Right. I'm not sleeping in my car. Right. Do I regret it now? Probably. A little now, bit. When I, ro- when, I, when I rode, 
what I meant to say was when I moved to Chicago after college, I did uh, what I was going to say is I, I rode my uh, my friend's brother's couch for a month. I see. And literally the couch right in the middle of his apartment. That's yeah. was where I lived. And he said I could stay there for a month, but I but he really wanted me to have an apartment in a month, and oh, I did. Yeah, and I did. Because when someone tells you that, it puts the pressure on. Now, if I didn't, he would have still let me stay there. Yeah, but, but you're, I didn't you're not be that a, guy, no, though. You've no. never been that guy. I wanted to have an apartment. You probably didn't want to be there for the month, but you, you did. No, it was uh, maybe I was only there three weeks because it's it was not a comfortable situation. You, sure, he lived with his girlfriend too. Oh my! And I'm right in the middle of the. the it wasn't a pullout couch. This is a couch. It's not a couch. Well, so. my suitcase right next to it, and mm. everything else I own in the car. Boy, that's a tolerant girlfriend. She was very lovely. Yeah. Very lovely. They broke up. Um, What's she doing? I don't know. <laughs> Give me a name. Here's your illusion <laughs> one. We have Shannon Hoon, background vocals on many songs, co-lead on Don't Cry. And we also have a guest appearance by Alice Cooper, co-lead vocals on a song called The Garden. Yes, sir. So that's as much as I'm going to tell you right now about Use Your Illusion 1, which has 16 songs on it. It does. Now, Mike, by the end of the day, here's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. We're going to tell the people, and this is just our opinion, you and I, yes. and we might not even be able to come to an agreement. We're going to tell them which album we like better. We are also going to say tell the best song on Illusion 1 and the best song on Illusion 2. We're going to say which is the best cover. We're going to tell you the worst song on 1 and the worst song on 2. We're going to say the best song overall, like the best song out of the 30 okay, and the worst song out of the 30, which I think we know what that is, but we won't say anything right now. <laughs> so the way we're going to do there's this... Two, I think two definite contenders for me. Okay. The way we're going to do this... I just... How dismissive is... Okay. Okay. Whatever, buddy. Okay. Okay. Okay, t-shirts. <laughs> also, people, it's 100 degrees in Woodland Hills, so we do have the air conditioner on. So if you hear a little bit of that over the mics, I'm sorry, but we can't sit here and sweat. Don't apologize to people. I, I want to tell them because I pride myself on yes, the audio. And I don't you tell them you don't have to apologize. You just, not because apologizing. It's, it's, did it's, I apologize? You did. did I said, I'm sorry? sorry, you did. And and I understand your instinct, but also at the same time, these people, they love you. They love the show. And Do they're they? going to understand. They don't want you to sit in a sweat no, box. No, That's no. not going to be good for, especially with <laughs> 30 songs. I mean, Jesus God. Yeah, come on, guys. If we're, if we're reviewing like 545. I'm so mad at the listeners right now that they would want yeah, me to Yeah, why would you sweat? do that? Why would you force my man to apologize? So bad. Uh, here's how we're going to do the song thing, okay? Do you need a piece of paper to write stuff down? Sounds like you make the rules now. Well, here's, right. whatever, buddy. No, here's how I like to do it. Okay. So we'll play the first song, okay? Are you going in order? You're just going in track I'm order, I'm going correct? in order, but, but right. to choose the best song on Use Your Illusion 1, here's how I think we should do it. Mm-hmm. I play the first song, and then I play the second song, and then we decide out of those two, and then that guy continues. Oh, title fight. He continues. Oh, let's go title fight. I'm in. Well, yeah, on this point. show, Title Fight is uh, two songs that have the oh, same title. Oh, you're right. I, I'm sorry. I don't mean so, to appropriate your gig. No, uh, your so we'll, just, we'll call it Track Fight. Hmm, okay. Track one goes against track two. Whoever wins that goes against track three. Well, you know, we I just get, move down better, I, better yet, you know, we, I don't want to infringe at all on the mm-hmm, fight concept. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In, in keeping with a lot of the songs that and the names on these albums, why don't we call it The Ladder? The Ladder? Yeah, see who climbs the ladder. Like you're, you're trying to get to the summit, trying to get to the top. Okay. The Ladder. Okay. I did, I did look to see if there was a song called The Ladder. <laughs> no, but it's like, because The Garden and the, you know. I, you know the, yeah, I get you. So I just, I thought uh, The Ladder would be a very uh, on the nose choice, certainly. No, I just looked over. We've been talking for 11 minutes. You and I can talk 
for 11 minutes, it feels like a minute to me. Yes. Yeah. And it feels I, like a minute. I never know. Cause look on my show, I do the same thing. I, I, but I'm so happy to talk to somebody. I'll talk fucking forever. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure your listeners aren't like, Oh, I wish they'd get to the store. I don't know how your, your people. They uh, love Mike Schmidt. Well, this is very nice of you to say, but I'm, I'm happy to be here and I'm love talking and I'll, I'll be here. I'm here. I'm yours, man. There's two things they love. Mike Schmidt and me sweating. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, what they want. <laughs> this is the best show they've ever heard. All right. Let's kick it off. Mike. Track one. Yes, sir. Use your illusion one. Let me tell you something. When these albums came out, I couldn't have, I was living in Chicago. I couldn't afford to buy both of them. So my friend bought Use Your Illusion One and I bought Use Your Illusion Two. We did the exact same. It's not that I couldn't afford them, but my buddy Dennis bought oh, Use Your Illusion Two. Oh, easy money I had a lot of dough. Oh, no, I had, nothing, I had nothing. Believe me. But I, I uh, this, these albums came out. I was, uh, I had started stand up. I was just yeah. starting stand up. And uh, and we waited in line at the Virgin. Yeah, Megastore. we were at the, f- the flip side. Yeah, yeah, they came out at midnight. Yes, and that we were there. Exactly, I did it at the Virgin Megastore here in L.A. And we waited, and uh, yeah, and he bought one. And it wasn't even; it was just he bought one, and I bought the other. Yeah, and it was the which thing one where, did you buy? Uh, I bought one. Okay, and he bought two. Um, but and eventually we, you know, just swap them or whatever. Yeah, you whatever you them. do, yeah. tape them. Um, but yeah, and all, because also they were what were they nineteen dollars each? They were, seemed like they were expensive. Yeah, yeah, because they were double CDs. Yeah, I can't afford that. <laughs> Not at that time. No, you're surfing a couch. <laughs> no, well, no, I, I was I was cool by then. All right, here we go. Now, some of these songs are long, and um, I didn't know where to cue up songs, so I did the best I could. But these are all queued up so that we're not hearing like a because oh, some of these have like a minute instrumental intro before we get to any vocals. So yes. I did the best I could. All yeah. right. Yeah, so, people know. I'm sure right. they're happy. Here's right next door to hell, track one from Use Your Illusion One. That's how you kick off an album, Mike. Three minutes and two seconds of that. Uh, you're, you're not wrong because it was exactly what you wanted when you were buying this album. Right. You were like, please, just just attack. And they attacked. And there's, mm-hmm. there's a, honestly, in the middle of that, when they go to the solo break, mm-hmm. the, the fuck you bitch that he says, that <laughs> literally goes like 40 seconds. I mean, yeah. he's, like, he's just like, fuck you. Like, and it's he to the point where he can't he croaks out bitch because he blows his whole voice out yep. uh, fucking and, and again at 24 and violent I was like yep yep that's exactly what I want to hear man uh, I love it I was on board completely from the jump 24 and violent feels like that needs to be a movie title <laughs> of some sort well, all I, right. I think so, we're all living it at some point so now that's track one Mike now this yes, is sir. going head to head right now right with track two which is a song called Dust and bones. All right. With an N, Dustin. Dustin, like Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses, Dustin Bones. Mm-hmm. Here we go. The chorus of this song is so good. Sometimes you, it's so good. 
this song, like a lot of songs, give me a uh, a Rolling Stones exile on Main Street feel. This is Izzy trying to be Keith Richards. This is absolutely. These two albums are El- are are Axel being Elton John and Izzy and the, and the band being Rolling Stones. It's amazing. Another thing that was funny about uh, when these albums came out, I was with uh, our mutual friend, Mike Preston, and I can remember, I can remember this, I can remember saying to him, I said, I love these albums, but what sucks about these albums is we're going to have to wait like three or four more years until a new album's released. <laughs> and uh, that turned into what, 20 oh, years? Oh, you optimist. I know. <laughs> well, Spaghetti Incident. Spaghetti Incident came out, which uh, is a mess. But right. but uh, but yeah, that, that it, it's... I really believe that these albums, because again, there I already saw a, a gentleman on Twitter, Anthony, is it? Uh, he, Anthony Mueller? Uh, maybe. He already said, uh, are you going to, in keeping with it, is it going to be a long show where you gave us too much and you should have cut some in order to make it better or whatever? He he took a swipe at the albums, essentially. Oh, well, um, and, and that's like, fine. Like take both albums, put them together and make a, a better single album? It's, it's the criticism a lot of people have. Even Rolling Stone said this, there's a ton of filler in these albums that they didn't like, and they said you could have made a classic, unbelievable album from them. And I, I don't want to jump ahead, but I don't think there's a lot of filler. I, I think there's a few songs I don't like. I have like. a number in mind of what could be filler, but I also don't want to give it away. But but what I'm saying is I think this was their, uh, they planted a flag here to say, hey, yeah. we're not poison. Right. You know what oh, I mean? They, I, they, I was going to say that myself. Yeah. Yeah. I, this, this is an unskinny bop. Yeah. They were getting lumped in with a lot uh, of the strip uh, bands yeah. and stuff. And then also because they became essentially for that time period, the number one band in the world. I mean, w- with Appetite and then the touring and stuff like that, they were gigantic. Guns N' Roses is more musical than any of those strip bands. No doubt. That, and that's, they they're, show all the influences on these two albums. They're more prolific, uh, not songwriting, but on their, that's not the word I want to use, uh, on their instruments. Proficient. Whatever. Proficient yes, on sir. their instruments. I will take any individual member of this band and put them up against any individual member of another band. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, Duff is a better bass player than Nikki Six or Bobby Dahl or whoever the fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I agree. Without a doubt. And that's why I say I think that these these two albums were important to them. You yeah. know, and that's and they swung for the fucking fences. You know, they and I I have a soft spot for anybody who goes big. You know, yeah. who really they're they're like you know what we're just we're gonna hit a, a grand slam, not even a home run. We're gonna win the World Series here. Yeah. And that's and they, so they put out these two albums, and a lot of people are like, oh publicity stunt or whatever. But if you listen to them, no, I mean they are they bleed all over both of these albums, yeah. man. They, they, yeah. they absolutely they brought it, and they and brought it. I I, I know the. Things have become punchlines and things have, when you look at them in, in hindsight, you're just like, well, they shouldn't have done that or they could have done this. And it's like at the time, though, and look, did they do a fucking dumpster full of cocaine? Sure. I'm sure they did. How many uh, how many songs are on Appetite? Do you know? Is there, is there 12? I think it's 12. I'm going to go on. I'm going to say this. If you took the best 12 songs. Oh, there it is. It's right in reach. How many? 12. I think if you take the best 12 songs from these two albums. For me, it's just as good as Appetite. I agree the with you. The best 12. But that's the bitch. No, what, whatever, whatever you decide what the best 12 is. Right. But that's the beef people have. And they're like, well, they should have done that. And I was like, no, no. That, no. That's, they, why? It, you're why? an artist. They did this. They, they're artists. I know. I, I, I They I were this, allowed to do this. There's uh, Exactly. They, they Because they had, they were in, indulged, certainly. But also they, they had, like I said, planted their flag. They were this huge band. They were like, we're fucking doing this. Yes. And David Geffen's like, all right. You know what I mean? Because they were a cash cow and, at the point. And at they, the time. they didn't, um, they didn't slag off. No, 
they they and they they actually recorded these albums twice because they did them and then they scrapped them completely and then they brought in the the engineer from the the Pistols. I got to be honest, I can't believe that there's not a thirty. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, a thirtieth anniversary release happening around these albums now. We're still a couple months out from September, and that could be something that's brewing, and that could just drop, you yeah. know, or be announced in the next week or two. Yeah, and I we know. could be we could be like ahead of the game, Mike. We could, on this. Well, but but then this will come out in September, and we won't look like we're ahead of the game. God no. damn it! But th- but then if they have a bunch of bonus tracks on there, then we'll get, get together and cover those. The people, aren't you thrilled? You should be so happy about Pat. So excited! Ideas. So excited! Mm-hmm. Okay, so between the first two songs. Which song do you choose? And they're very different, so it's difficult. They are. And and uh, now, it's, if I, it's a tie, <clears throat> if you pick one and I pick the other, yes. then both of these songs are going to go against the next song. Oh, all right. Uh, well, I will say this: uh, I'm I'm glad you thought of this idea because these albums had kind of fallen off my radar. Like I haven't, you know, I used right. to live in them. Same um, here. But at 53, now I've kind of, you know, I'm listening to different things and I've discovered a whole bunch of different music. And and also I can find myself crawling into Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the comfort food of, especially with the pandemic, you know, you sure. go back and find that. And then with Eddie, we lost Eddie. And so a lot of Van Halen has been, been mm-hmm. discovered again by me. But listening to these two albums last night, I uh, the last few days, because we were supposed to do this on Sunday, Man, I, I'm so happy you did this because I rediscovered them, and now I will listen to them for the next month. I, they, yeah, they me won't too. Leave me. Exactly. I um, agree with you. And I also found myself feeling differently about the songs than I did when I was 24 and violent. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was 24, there's no doubt that Right Next Door to Hell wins this in my in my mm-hmm. selecting. But now, as a 50-year-old man? As a 50-year-old man who has to look at it objectively and, and look at songs rather than attitude and anger... Uh, I think Dustin Bones is a better song than Right Next Door to Hell. And I agree with you. Dustin Bones is our winner, right now. current champion. Current champion. Now, it doesn't mean, and again, I feel dirty picking winners because I don't, I mean, I love these songs so much and they were a huge part of me. Like, I mean, I, I'd be, in, you know how you're driving cross country to stand up. Yeah. You're just letting the, it just flips over. You're playing it playing over and it over. Over and over and over. Yeah. And I, and I would play certain songs like before I would go on stage. To keep me awake so I didn't drive in a ditch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Because I was the guy that would leave after the last show Saturday. You no, know, if I was within five hours of Chicago, I'm I left right after the last show Saturday. Yeah, that, after a couple of years, I did that because I really enjoyed being and on why? the road and hotels. Why did you just stuff? get a nice night's sleep and yeah. then leave at six in the morning? But you know what? There was something. You know, once I met my my then soon to be wife, mm-hmm. I was like, no, nah, I'm going home and sleeping with her. I mean, going I'm not, not going to sleep alone. This is yeah. ridiculous. So see, I had nothing to go. On. I, I, yeah, then, then stay in the hotel. I know, right? Find some road beef, buddy. Okay. I don't know <laughs> if I like that. That sounds like a possible uh, Axl Rose lyric. And uh, that's, that's 24 and violent for you. Uh, yeah. That's, Let's uh, do that. I mean, I, in air, quote, air quotes, road beef, <laughs> not my thing. All right. Now, this is going to be weird because now an original Guns N' Roses song. It Dustin, was worth it was worth it to see you flinch. You flinched when I said that like a firecracker went what? off in your face. What? <laughs> now, an original Guns N' Roses song is now going to go up against a cover. They drop a cover song, side one, track three. Yes. Here we go. Live and Let Die, a classic written by Paul and Linda McCartney. You were young and your heart wasn't old. The background vocal sounds sad, listen. Yeah, and wow. So good. I know, I love it. Make 
since you already know the song, the first time you hear this, you you know what's coming. Yeah. All right, now, this is the first song so far where I immediately fell in love with the drumming of Matt Sorum. I think he, out of, the, out of him and Steven, I'm Team Sorum, and I'm not just saying that because he's coming on the show. I always thought he was a much heavier hitter. He looks so cool with that big hair and the headband, and I just love Matt Sorum. Now, do you like Matt Sorum's drumming? Very much. Um, Steven was more punk. Yeah, Stephen. Stephen was more. Uh, uh, Stephen drummed with the reason Stephen was so good on on Appetite for Destruction. He drums with a sneer. Yeah, that Axel sings with. Yes. So uh, I think Axel's voice with Matt's uh, it's it, it became expansive as the band grew and as Axel grew as a performer and as a singer. He needed a, a more sonically interesting drummer. Yes. Um, and Stephen was a the the biggest fuck up of the band. Oh, there's no yeah. With, uh, so I mean, he, I'm just saying. Aside, I don't from think they would have got rid of him. I don't think they would have got rid of him if he was no could have kept. If he wasn't a fucking junkie, right? You know, literally. Right. But, <laughs> they find him sleeping in the pool. Right. But uh, yeah, yeah. So th- there you go. But, but yeah, they I grew. Love they the sound grew exponentially when Matt came aboard, and also yeah. they. But also they made a decision to do that. It wasn't like yeah. Matt came in and changed everything. They were he fit exactly what they wanted to do. This is the thing. Is like now if Matt's name would have been Dingle, he couldn't have had the job. You <laughs> gotta you, have a regular. You gotta name. have the regular guy. You gotta have right. a regular name. <laughs> um, <laughs> they they. They made the choice to do this. They grew yeah. as artists. I, I can't stress that enough because, again, a lot of people make fun of Axel and make fun of the band. And he's, you know, he became a nut for a while. He had a yeah. guru, housekeeper, what, all that. Great. He Brian Wilson for a while. There's no doubt. These guys could only do one thing, and it was make music. Yeah. Well, they we joke- really couldn't do much else. Well, we yeah. joked about that with Motley Crue. We're like, whenever I feel like I'm not accomplishing anything, I get mad at myself. I'm like, these four junkies are still famous after 35 years. Why, why can't I get my shit together? I know. Uh, and the, these guys, again, they, they this was very important for them to show that they were more than what people thought they were. Yeah, they didn't want to be lumped in with that. And, and the addition and, of Sorum made it huge. And I got to be honest... Uh, Bon Jovi changed his whole thing too because he didn't want to be lumped in with the hair bands anymore. Yeah. And that guy still comes and plays the Staples Center as a headliner. Yeah. He's never on a package tour. And I say that on this show all the time. But I have to because so many people make fun of Bon Jovi. And yet, yeah. uh, and yeah. there's a lot to make fun about. There is. Yeah. I, I agree. He's uh, Every album is full of anthems. Uh, he covers the same ground all the time. But uh, he's he de- like he's drafting in the wake of Bruce Springsteen. It has been he, for a very yes, long time. He is, and that's why you, I don't know if you know this, but we play a game on here sometimes called Boss Jovi, where I read a lyric and you have to tell me if it's a Springsteen <laughs> song or a Bon Jovi song. And I have to tell you, it's difficult. Sure, I don't doubt it. Unless yeah. you know their, if especially if you don't know their catalog, and I just read you some generic working man lyric, you're like, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Flip a coin. <laughs> Speaking of flipping a coin. Dustin Bones versus Live and Let Die. Well, <laughs> this is difficult because we have an original song against an amazing cover song, uh, and, and it's a uh, a classic song and of all time. It's a classic song of all Beatle. time. <laughs> yeah, and, and 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 a James Bond movie. Yeah, it might have won an Academy Award that year, and definitely nominated. And it ju- it's just such an interesting song musically. It's one of the best James Bond themes. It is. 
All that said, uh, I can't vote for a cover tune over an original tune on these albums. Okay. Uh, I love to live in. Uh, I love their version of "Live and Let Die." I think it's fantastic. The live version is even better okay. that they do. Uh, but I'm going to choose Dustin Bones to move on. Okay, I'm going to choose Dustin Bones too because later on we're going to pit "Live and Let Die" against the other, the other cover, and then that'll be the winner of that category. Okay, I like that idea because right. I feel bad right. voting against "Live and Let Die" because a, I love the original. B, their version's fantastic. It's but a I ten. Just, Living their their cover is a ten. It is. It's really great. All and, right. Uh, but I have to I have to side with the originals with these albums. All right. Next up, this is our first version of "Don't Cry," and I forget which version was the single. Was it this version or the one with the alternate lyrics? It's I don't this know. one, I believe. Okay. It's very strange to have. It's very strange that they couldn't decide which one they wanted, which lyrics they wanted. So we just put one on each album. But oh, but it's great. Artists should be artists, man. You know what I mean? I, and I, I'll tell you what, though. I don't really know that. They both just sound the same to me. But the you know, This is the single. Okay. Okay, I guarantee it. Because on the way over here, I listened to two in the car. Right. And the, the, the opening lyric mm-hmm. is so different in, in the second version. You know what? Set your phone up on top of that. Uh, I'll put it right here. It's fine. And now I'll put it here. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, the... the uh, the the second version on on Your Illusion Two is not the single because the the opening line is so different because I you're used yeah. to singing the single version right. and that's what'll play here. All right, track four of thirty songs. Here's the single. Don't cry. <laughs> that sounds like a warning, by the way. I know. <laughs> oh, it's a warning that we're gonna rock. Talk to me softly, yeah, talk to me softly. Is the, that's the single. Something in your eyes. Shannon Hoon, Rock and Peace. From Blind Melon. What a waste. And please don't cry. I know how you feel inside. I've been here before. Something's changing inside you. And don't you know? Don't you cry tonight? I still love you, baby. Don't you? Very nice. I it do is. like it. It is. But will it beat Dustin Bones, Mike? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I Just because it's a... Uh, I, you know me, I'm a pop song guy. Mm-hmm. And that is such a... It, it's a perfect pop song slash ballad. It, that, it's, that would be an AM single hit in the 70s. I mean, it's just... It's just a great song. I mean, is it is it long? Yes. Do they do they like if you made a three minute version of that song? Yeah, it's four minutes and forty five seconds. Yeah, if you, if you even if you made a four minute version, I'll bet you could, that would be uh, a crazy chart topper that you would have heard on WLS when I was a kid. You know, it's just mm-hmm. um, it's so good. It's it's such a great pop song, and I love Dustin Bones, but I'm I, I think Don't Cry. The popularity of it speaks for itself, so I'm going to pick that one. Okay, now this is where it's going to get tricky because I'm staying with Dustin Bones. Right. I like. Don't cry a lot, but I like Dustin Bones better. I agree. I mean, it's very, very good. But I just, but don't cry. If we're, if we're picking right. songs, like I said, if, as I get old, like younger me would have picked Dustin Bones. I believe there's a track that's going to come up in a, in a couple songs where you and I are immediately. It's going to like just <laughs> kick all this to the door. But anyway, right. here's what's going to happen now, Mike. Dustin Bones and Don't Cry are going up against Perfect. 
crime, yeah. which I have to be honest with you, prior to listening to these albums, I couldn't have told you what this song sounded like. Yeah. I, I, re, I went, perfect crime, what's that one? There's a great moment in here, I hope we hear it in your queue up. Now this song's only two minutes and 24 seconds, I don't know if we'll hear it or not, but let's find out. It's at the end of the first verse. Mm, we probably, maybe we'll hear it then, here we go. <laughs> Better play. That's like Beavis. Came the rage, in. the rage. I love it. I that is. It's. I have goosebumps. I. I. Twenty-four-year-old me. God damn it! It's a perfect crime, motherfucker. It's a perfect crime. <laughs> he. But that I said it's perfect. Just the fucking the the screaming, the anger, the rage. This is why I, I loved them so much and I identified with him so much because again, at twenty four, certainly I was furious at everybody. <laughs> not that I'm not now, but back then, holy Jesus! And he was he's so fucking angry in all of, in these songs. He's so mad, but also then what's he mad at? Uh, his upbringing, his dad, the world. What do you got? <laughs> All right, go All Brando right. on you. What is he mad at? What do you got? Uh, and and it just filled him with. I mean, he. And well, we'll get to that later because he also wrote. Other, he wrote other songs towards people. He was so mad. You yeah. know what I mean? So uh, if you were a girlfriend or somebody fucked or or somebody he worked for, yeah. you the pen was going to find you. He was like uh, Taylor Swift emulates him with her. Revenge songs. I don't know how angry she is about it, but she's she's a lot more cutting, certainly, and, and mm -hmm. muted about it. But yeah. but he didn't fuck around. I mean, that's that's why. Again, I I stress this. I probably talked about it on your show before because it's one of my favorite things. When he's on stage and he's he's telling the paparazzi guy to put mm -hmm. the camera away, and he's furious. All right, and he's like, put the fucking camera away. Yeah. He's walking around. And it's not, not one of those things because you'll see guys, see guys who'll be like, hey, security, hey, get over here. This guy's got a, hey, we got a, we got a, a camera. Yeah. He's just like, put that away. Put that the fuck and away. Then he, and, and then he leaps into the crowd. In, which is insane. And I love it. I love because that. Because you don't know that when you leap in that that guy's with six guys. It doesn't and matter. They're just going to pound you. He doesn't fucking care. He doesn't care. And that's, that Death was wish. why I identified him with him so much. Because, you know, other the things that people saw in him that they thought were uh, flaws I, I thought were features. I, I, I was all over, uh, you know what? You, you give me a healthy dose of fucking cocaine and bipolar disorder and, and I'm going to buy that guy's album all the goddamn time, man. He was angry all the time and I absolutely vibrated listening to it. I loved it. There's a, there's a Taylor Swift song. What is it called? I have to find out what it's called. Da, 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 da. I'm looking, I'm looking. Ba, 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 ba. Why don't I see what it is? I said it's perfect. <laughs> He's so mad. I love it. Um, I can't find what the title is. Well, while you're looking, you know, right next door to hell is written literally, truthfully, about a girl who lived next door to him who wouldn't leave him alone. Uh, she like hit him. He hit her with a wine bottle or whatever the fuck, or she hit him. Uh, he he always. His grudges always came out. That's why I said if he was mad at you, the pen would find you. He was always going to write about his grudges, and they were always going to come out. It was it was perfect. I mean, he would always go ahead and and that's one of the things that I loved about him because he wasn't phony. He wasn't. He was nuts. I mean, he was absolutely fucking nuts. And I and I dug it. You know what I mean? Because he also then would be uh, totally 
sad about mm-hmm. it. You know, he would, he would, I, and as a kid, that's what I, I'd punch a mm-hmm. hole through a wall and then be like, what the fuck did you just do? I mean, you know what I mean? It was just, I, I had totally identified with it. There's a, um, there's a song on this uh, Taylor Swift album called Speak Now. It's called Better Than Revenge. And she's singing about this actress that stole her boyfriend away from her. And she says, uh, the line is something like, you're an actress, but you're better known for what you do on the mattress. No oh boy. I know. How about that? Yeesh. Take that. All right, Mike. So, Dustin Bones versus Don't Cry versus Perfect Crime. Which one are you choosing? Well, as uh, Perfect Crime is a fantastic time capsule of that era of Guns N' Roses, mm-hmm. angry and fucking and fast. Because mm-hmm. they, they're again, the first album was how much they loved old Aerosmith. The, you know, yeah. Appetite is all there. They you hear old Aerosmith yep. through it. And in this one, you can hear the punk influences as well as, like I said, the Stones and Elton mm-hmm. John. Um, but I still have to go, uh, and again, 24-year-old me would fight with me on this, but I'm going to go with Don't Cry out of this, this hat trick. And because I think there's songs of the same ilk as Perfect Crime that are actually better than Perfect Crime that are coming up, in my opinion. Yeah, there's a lot of anger right, coming so up. I'm sticking with Dustin Bones, and now we're going to go Dustin Bones and Don't Cry are going to head over and do battle with a song called You Ain't the First. Another Stonesy song. Just dead flowers. I mean, it's crazy. Nice guitar. As I sing you this song. Love that song, but it's such a casual song. Yes. Like it's almost like it's a a demo or or they're just But it's great after but it's Perfect great. Crime. It's great. Because yeah, because it brings you because yeah. that this album's a roller coaster. Yeah. It takes you up and then it just let, let's bring it down a little bit. So I uh I'm sticking with Dustin Bones uh because it's um it's of the same ilk as that, but it's it's better than that. It's got more personality. Got more personality. Yeah, and, and you're gonna, sticking with. Don't I'm gonna Cry. stick with Don't Cry, but I do love that song. Yeah, uh, I do too. But even the title, it just sounds like a Stone song. It's a bad yeah. obsession. It's just, or I'm sorry, uh, you ain't the first. Bad obsessions next. next. Yes, it is. Dustin Bones and Don't Cry are gonna now have to see if they're gonna get fucked up <laughs> by some bad obsession. <laughs> what do you think? I don't know. We'll see, buddy. Go ahead and give it the. Still Stonesy. Here comes a fun line. First of all, uh, he dropped the C word, so I'm going to need uh, 
I'm going to need to uh, a palate cleanse on that. I'm going <laughs> to okay. have to. Uh, I'm going to have to hear a little bit of uh, Klaus Meine and Rudolf Schenker. Oh, Schenker, not Schenker. Schenker. <laughs> Hi, this is Klaus Meiner. This is Roshank of the Scorpion. Oh. Next year we'll be rocking you. So better watch out. All right. That's the palate cleanser that I chose. Uh, all right. That like means it. nothing. Uh, uh, okay, so I like Bad Obsession. Yeah. He, yeah, you drop the C word about his mom. I know. <laughs> You're like, all right, buddy. You think they made up? I don't know, man. He's left bodies in his wake. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can only hope that I, it's. It, this is so odd. I, I it, it's weird that I would expend one iota of energy on this, but I actually hope he's happy. Do you ever have that he, with pop I culture? He, I think he is happy now. But, but with pop culture people that you enjoy, I thought you were going to say with pop culture beast. <laughs> <laughs> Them too. I hope Garen's happy. I hope I hope they're happy, man. Uh, but I just I find myself like David Letterman. Like I hope David Letterman is really happy. I, I, I hope think he can be. I I think he's much happier than he was. You know, and I find myself rooting for the, the people influenced mm-hmm. me, the people that I loved. Mm-hmm. I want them to be happy. I just, I, it's what I root for. And so I hope Axel is uh, happy. You know, he, he, I think he is happy. Yeah. I, I, well, now, I mean, it's, it's funny because I thought about it last night. The fact that they're together and back on the road and through all the garbage they went through and the publishing rights and then the you know Chinese democracy and the mocking and everything to have them back on stage together is, is I, I wish Izzy was there but I, I, mean, I wish Matt and Izzy were there yeah I, I, I wish this use your illusion band was together yeah because I mean it's um it's Guns N' Roses in name but it's I mean Izzy's so important but he doesn't want to be there, so he's happy not being there. Yeah, that's the deal. It's not like they excised him, you know what I mean? No, like, if, they he called, if he called now, they'd say, come over. Yeah. Well, he showed up when I saw Chinese Democracy. He, he came on stage. See? I mean, so, I mean, he's, he's, I don't know, and that's a while ago, but um, but yeah, I want them all to be happy. I want. I just want happiness for, for the Guns N' Roses. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dustin Bones, Don't Cry versus Bad Obsession, which is a long song, too, five minutes and 28 seconds. It is, and it's good, and I like it. Uh, and it does sound like uh, uh, something you'd find as song four on side two of a Stones album. Yep. Uh, but I'm still going to go with Don't Cry. I yeah. like Bad Obsession, but I but I think Don't Cry Again is a, it's a perfect pop song. I'm sticking with the Stonesy Dustin, uh, Dustin Bones. All right. Don't blame you. All right. Here we go. You going to back off, bitch? <laughs> we'll see. All right. Why don't you bring it? Hold on a second. I got to, I got to put it, uh. I gotta fade it down so it doesn't, you know, explode in our ears. Explode in our ears. Blow us the fuck out. Okay, here we go. Back off, bitch. Of an angel with the love of a witch. Yep. 
All right. I'm going to go first, if you don't mind. Please do. I am all in on back off, bitch. Me too, buddy. All right. Yeah. Good, goodbye, <laughs> Dustin Bones uh, and the, the sad, sad don't cry. An, another song that sounds, because that song could be an appetite, fucking back off, bitch. That's angry. And another one, and another one written about a woman that he, that he, Look, he was mad at. They're, <laughs> they're misogynistic and the lyrics are misogynistic. Well, we, all right. We can, yes. <laughs> like, I right. never, like, I never, I would sing along with these um, songs and these albums. But it wasn't like I didn't sing along with in, internal conviction for the words he was writing. You know what I mean? Yes. Because I never felt like this about anyone. Well, there's there's the song "One in a Million. I mean, any woman, yeah, yeah. guys, yeah, yeah, sure, fuck them, yeah, um, like one in a million, fucking right, dickheads. We'll talk about one in a well, you know, actually, let's talk about one in a million later. We'll talk about it because I, 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 there's a reason I'll, I'll bring it up later. It's not even on this album. Um, no, but but it relates to something on this album. All right, so we'll talk about it later. Okay. But I, yeah, back off, bitch is absolutely the choice. And and I wanted to say, you know, listen to his voice in Bad Obsession. And then, and then listen to his voice and back off, bitch. There's a video on YouTube where there, there was a guy who was analyzing like singers and who had range and who didn't. Oh, Simon Cowell? Uh, I don't think it was him. It was a different guy. But oh, he, uh, Howie Mandel. It, perhaps it was somebody else. I don't think it was Howie Mandel. Was it Mel B from, from the Spice Girls? It was not, but I think that's a good guess. It's somebody like that, though. What, I can't oh, exactly... Oh, I know exactly who it is. Two people. It was Howard Stern and Heidi Klum. It was not either of them, right. but it's a good guess. Uh, it's some dude who was basically analyzing range and he had a computer like with the thing or the whole deal it was, it was like a scientific thing it wasn't <laughs> just right. it wasn't just some dude going i think they're good singers it wasn't for pleasure he was doing he, he was experiment. a real guy and okay. and uh and basically he was saying that axel rose had the most unbelievably impressive range of mm -hmm. any of these singers and and because he it, it wasn't even he's he's not forcing it where he's out of tune with stuff. You know what I mean? He sings in that high range. He sings in that low range. He can sing. He sounds like three or four different singers. It's almost, it's funny because it, he gets accused sometimes of having multiple personalities, but then when you hear the voice, you're like, oh yeah, I could see that. I mean, there's, because there's that sneer that comes out when he wants Mike, it to. Has this scientist ever heard this gentleman? Michael Bolden, he's got a seven octave range. He's my he soul does. provider. Well, he's terrific. I'm, I'm not. This is not a. We're not battling together. I wasn't saying that Axel was the greatest singer of all time. I mean, I know Michael Bolton exists, and I couldn't possibly make that statement in good conscience. But uh, I'm just saying that uh, again. Getting back to the strip guys and all those guys and Vince, you know, you, what they were and what they became. Right. Uh, Axel was a fucking singer. He could belt. Uh, you fail to realize that um, Michael Bolton. Was in the rock band called Blackjack. I don't fail to realize that at all because as uh, Fool's Game is a fantastic song off of his. Uh, was that his first solo album? That was his first solo album. But this is a, this is a little song called "Love Me Tonight" from Blackjack. All right. Now I'm going to go get us a couple of drinks. I'll just put them in my room, so don't worry about that. Right. <laughs> Murph of the Magic Tones featuring uh, Michael Bolton. Hold on, buddy. This is Bruce Kulick on guitar. Wow. Let's get to the chorus. This is good, but I'm going to head over to the... 
I'm going to go to the all-you-can-eat seafood bar, and I'll meet you on the Lido deck. <laughs> wow. Jesus Blackjack, Christ. Buddy. You like blackjack? I'm not, I'm sure, if I was on a cruise ship and I saw them, I'd give them five minutes. All right. Here we go. That was grim. Please tell me you understand how bad that was. I do like that song. <laughs> now look. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Everybody buckle in. Yes. Because this battle right now is getting crazy. It is. Back off bitch against double talking jive, which I believe is the title of Matt Sorum's book. Here really? we go. Ooh. Is that Alice Cooper there? Sounds like him, doesn't I, it? It does, but he doesn't get credit for that, but it's got to be. Yeah. You got to do me a favor. Yeah. Just, you got to jump the solo in this that takes us out. To, not the flamenco part, but the, but the guitar run that ends the song. Towards the end? Yeah, it's about the last... It's right... Jump back about five seconds. Let me see if I can. The song closes with this guitar run, and it's fucking... Because it's not like a wee 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 It's not a high. It's fucking a sinister solo. It sounds malevolent. It's just fucking mean. And then it goes right into the sweet flamenco. Again, just a, a studio full of high dudes going, man, what, what, what if I did flamenco at the end of this? Oh, dude, do it! Look, CC can pick up his guitar, but it's never going to talk to me like this. No, no, sir. The solo that brings us here, you know, because the flamenco is, is, I like it. It's a nice little ending. Yeah. But boy, the solo, because it goes, yeah. it's very, it's reminiscent of the end of One Foot Out the Door on, on Fair Warning, where he just plays you out as it fades. Yep. And it's just evil and, and sounds angry, and I fucking love it. Back off, bitch. Double talking jive. Two songs enter. Only one song can leave, Mike. Who's leaving? Well, for me, as much as I love Double Talk and Jive and that solo that runs us out, I uh, I like Back Off Bitch. I'm moving it on. I'm staying with Double Talk and well, Jive. Well, because I that. love it so much. It's so good. Double uh, Talk and Jive, get the money, money motherfucker, because I got no more patience. <laughs> Double Talk and Jive. No more patience. I thought I had to give you the Heimlich there. Were you choking? <laughs> I might have been choking on my love for Axel. All right. Here's the first of what I will say are three epic. Is, is three? Let me see. One. Yeah, three epic songs on this album. Okay. Three epics. And this is the first. This of is, I think this is the first epic one. That's eight minutes 
in 58 seconds. All right. An MTV favorite. Not, not even a favorite. I mean, this this was this built the network for a year. It was it was a load bearing uh, uh, fucking right. girder. I I mean, it was that you couldn't <laughs> escape it. You could not escape it. Did Michael Bay direct this? Right. That, that sounds right. I, I, I that sounds maybe. really like you. I think you're I, not I wrong. Mean, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm not even looking it up. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> just, we're, we're speaking it into the ether and hoping yeah. it's true. Yeah. That sounds uh, right. I do know Stephanie Seymour's in here. <laughs> she she yeah. is. She's uh, in it. I, I wonder how much makeup they needed to cover up bruises that she might have oh, had. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. This was a bit of a roughhouser. November rain. Almost impossible to pick a point to drop in. No. It's, what? I agree with you. It's, yeah. it's completely... I thought you were against me. You're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Do you remember hearing this for the first time? Yes. I, I have goosebumps now thinking about it and just I, going, oh, what? I still can't get over how amazing it is. Yeah. In this part, it's beautiful. And again, Matt's drums are amazing. I could he- listen to the whole thing, but we can't. I agree with you. I, uh, I mean, it's just... I mean, it's... And again, it became certainly the video is excessive. <laughs> There's a, sure. a rainstorm and a solo and a rainstorm and the wedding and the nonsense. But it doesn't. But then the end, you know what I mean? You didn't even get to the end where it shifts gears and does the fucking uh, every time dun, dun, you meet somebody. Dun, dun, yeah. 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 I mean, it's phenomenal. And it, it's a it's a suite. It's not even a song. It's like it's almost like a three song suite. It's uh, it's it's like it's like their Jim Steinman song. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous. I gorgeous mean, and again and did get the acclaim it needed to get which is good i mean i i it's one of those things where like you said now people look back and be, you know make fun of it or whatever they te- but it doesn't you can't music video directed by andy morahan well it's not it's very not michael bay so not michael bay so i'm glad mm-hmm. i looked it up and yeah he was doing all i think he did most of the videos off of this uh because remember when they started to put the director down in the uh in the little credits yes yeah, so uh, I remember seeing his name a lot. Okay, Mike, three song or two songs? No, three songs entered. Did November Rain clean their clocks? Uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> it has to. I, I, I it has like, to. I, I love back off, bitch. I, I, you know what I mean. It's a, it, for for me, and because there will be choices later that I make for me. Right. I, I there's no doubt. I there are songs that I will pick that mean something more to me than the songs they go up against. Mm-hmm. Uh but you can't deny You can't November deny Rain. and this has everything in it. Yes. It has this one song has everything that all the previous songs had, but in one song. Yeah. It's uh it's heavy and it's emotional and it's angry and it's lyrical and, and it's lyrical. beautiful and it's uh, yeah, so I agree with you. There's no way that November Rain can't be winning right now. And it's, it's also and it a is. song that when you see them live, they close with it. Like mm-hmm. the, the times I've seen them, they've closed with it. 
And uh, and you almost, it sounds ridiculous, but you almost instinctively just want to put your arm around the neck of the person next to you mm-hmm. just because you're like, you're celebrating that song in that moment yep. and it's bringing you back to when you first heard it. And it is just, it's it's a signpost for a lot of people, certainly for me, uh, in, in your life. Yeah. And it's it's beautiful. So yes, it has to be the choice. You know what I say if you put your arm around me during this song? What's that? I say, back off, bitch. Whoa, hold on a sec. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh... Now look, that was song 10. We still have six more songs on the album. Yes, we do. The album now has to follow that song. Yeah. Because uh, CD was the format of the day, so you weren't flipping five sides uh, when you listened to this album. It was probably on a, most likely on a CD where all the songs just played in a row. Right. So now, this is the song that has to follow November Rain. Mm-hmm. This song has got to follow uh, your Mitch Hedberg <laughs> you know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta. Yeah. So this is the garden. I love the opening second of this song. I don't know where you've queued it up at, but I love. I just love the first, the first thing you hear coming out of November rain. I don't. You mean the garden? Uh, yeah. Okay. Here we go. I don't know where I queued it up to. I queued it up twenty-four seconds in. Okay. There's just a woman's voice that that opens the song, and you're like. Is this Stephanie Seymour saying, ouch? (laughs) It just goes, no, I won't. And it's this playful phrase. I don't know why, but it opens the song. I think that's Dizzy Reed. I don't don't think so. You're going to play Alice, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good on them to recognize how un- uh, distinctive his voice is and to use him in this capacity. It helps both of the artists. Yeah. It's a crazy man's utopia. That fucking... Do you think he was horrified by the drugs, though, since he was straight-laced? Sure he was. <laughs> you know what I mean. He lived it. I mean, Alice was having a big resurgence back then. You what know, a great with, uh, drop, but, but it's such a great drop to put him in there. And, and again, it's such a distinctive voice. And, uh, and, and, you know, a lot of these songs, like I said, some people are like, oh, it's filler or whatever. It's a throwaway. And I was like, no, that's a fucking jam. Yeah. That song's a jam. Listen to the fucking guitar piece. And then you're goddamn bringing Alice Cooper in the middle of it to do the two different fucking vocal sets. What do you, when, he, when Alice saw the drugs, what do you think he said to those guys? I don't think there were drugs everywhere. I mean, I, oh, what were you say? I don't know. What do you think he said? I think he said. This is what I think he said, Mike. Really? I really do. This okay. is what he said to them. <laughs> he saw the drugs. He saw them. We walked in. And the first thing out of his mouth, yeah. I don't know who he saw first. Steven Adler's asleep in the corner, just there for the recording, <laughs> hoping. <laughs> what? Wow, this is gonna pay off. <laughs> is it? <laughs> How long into the song until he says? I, was, I thought he said it like immediately. No, sir. This is a jam, though, isn't it? Yeah. This album has like everyone on it. You done an Alice show? 
with Lisa Goich, but I could do another one. Take it slow. You ain't living in a video. <laughs> Terrible. Velocity. Good for him and his resurgence, but yeah, oh boy, was that weak. Hey, Stewart was not one of my favorites. <laughs> I must admit. You're more, uh, you more, you like something like this. This might be your jam. I know you're hungry. Ah, and here comes dinner. Is this what you like, Mike? How did he get away with this? I'm good again. He's good for him. That, he's cutting the head off a baby doll. <laughs> I saw him a couple times, and it was great. It was it was really great. We these saw songs him sound better. Yeah, we, and these songs sound better in uh, in in concert. Now, when we saw him, I don't know you. I know you'll remember this because you remember things like this. We saw him with Cheap Trick opened. Yeah. And at the end, Cheap Trick came out and they were all, they did it like a cover. They might've done a Who song or something. And do you remember what Alex, and it sounded horrible. And do you remember what Alex, Alice said in the mic that we could hear? I don't, I do not. He said, oh, this is a catastrophe. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Cause you started laughing and we, yeah, I remember that exactly. Yep. Oh my God. Was Preston with us? Uh, I don't think so. I think it was just you and I for some reason. I don't know. This is a catastrophe. This is a catastrophe. <laughs> all right. After the garden. Again, November Rain's winning. Yes. For uh, me, yes. Definitely. And for me, too. Uh, then we have the Garden of e- Eden, which is kind of like, is it like a little mini, the garden? Little, I forget. A little back and forth garden. Here we go. All right. Then Olive Garden's next. Just see him doing those axle moves. Yep. Then he hits the high note here coming up. Where like, Look, if I'm on the treadmill, on that. if I'm if I'm on the treadmill, this yeah. is fantastic. But compared to November Rain, now that that song's all aggression. It, it's it's yeah. uh, uh the, I would say it's the not a misstep, but it's one where you're just like, man, they could have left that off. They didn't yeah. need it, especially with the garden. You yeah. didn't need to go Garden Garden of Eden. Um, but that's the that's the first song where you're kind of like, mm, all right. Yeah. Luckily, it's only two minutes and forty two seconds long, so you get in and get out. Yeah, that's that's a song where a producer could have gone. You know, guys. <laughs> You think the producer was able to tell these guys? <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go, Mike. Track 13 yes. of 16. Yes. November Rain facing off against Don't Damn Me. I love it very much, but it's not November rain. Well, uh oh, here we go. What's happening? <laughs> What's happening? Are you taking Don't Damn Me over November Rain? I am. Oh my God. I am. Because 
that is uh that song means everything to me i used to listen to it on the way to gigs okay uh i i love the the line where he says uh, i kicked you in the mind um th- that's the song that he wrote in response to the the backlash over one in a million yes all right because one in a million is a song that was on uh the gnr lies ep and he uses the n-word yes. and he uses the f-word yeah uh, and and derogatory towards African Americans and to homosexuals. Indeed, and and uh, and actually he he the way he says it too, where he says he says police and n words. That's right. Like like he's like there's no <laughs> right. he's not. It's like I didn't stutter. You know what the fuck I just said. And then he caught a lot of heat for it, and he came out and he said, "Look, that essentially that wasn't Axl Rose. That's not me. That was Bill Bailey." off the bus from Indiana and exactly writing exactly what he felt when he hit the ground in Los Angeles and was accosted by people and mm-hmm. didn't know. And he was a young guy straight out of the fucking Midwest who had, who had prejudices and didn't know what, you know, and should he have used those words? No. Back then it was a little certainly different than it is today. Yeah. He still caught heat for it. If he yeah. did it today, they'd crucify him. Do we hope he's learned a lesson and he doesn't feel that way anymore? Yes. And I believe that he is. I think, well, I think by the time he wrote Don't Damn Me, he had absolutely learned the lesson. But he also didn't like being criticized. And he was also young and he, didn't, he was angry and he didn't like people telling him what the fuck to do. Yeah. And so he wrote this song as the response. And uh, and it's like, don't damn me when you hear a peace of mind because silence isn't golden when I'm holding it inside. I've been where I have been and I've seen what I have seen. I put the pen to the paper because it's all a part of me. All right. And it explains his artistic process. And and uh, does it does it make up for it? No. Did the guys in Living Color want to beat the fuck out of him at the <laughs> backstage of the Coliseum? Yes. Uh, and and but at the same time, this song again, I I love the sentiment of. Hey, don't you know who the fuck I am? Don't tell me what the fuck to do. And and it's it's the ethos of punk and the ethos of of the young. D- don't damn me for what I fucking do because you know what I I you don't know me and you aren't me and you didn't live the life I've lived. He also buries it deep in the album though too. Like he oh, doesn't yeah. lead with it. No, no. But but I and and like I said, is it wrong to use those words? Of course it is. But and and am I doing some heavy lifting for him by believing his story? <laughs> Probably, yeah, yeah. Because I'm predisposed to like him. Yeah. Uh, but I thought that this song was was a fucking cool ass response to people who gave him a bunch of shit about writing a song. And uh, and again, twenty four year old me, yeah, yeah. And 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 uh, look, Slash is is uh, is mixed race, yes. correct? Yeah. So I mean, if he didn't have a problem playing on one in a million. But again, you know, isn't he the person that should have said, "Whoa!" But this hold is on a this second. is forty years ago, thirty five right, years right. ago. But I'm saying, you know? I'm saying, um, if anyone had a problem with it, it should have been Slash, and he would should have pushed back. So if Slash didn't have a problem with it at the time, yes. and if Axel told him, "No, this is how I felt at the time," I obviously don't feel that way now. You know me. Now this is us thinking with nuance. Come in and know me better, man. There is no more nuance. There is no more. Uh, and even back then, and look, I'm not saying you can nuance the N-word. It's fucking wrong. You can't. And it's and you, I'm not saying you nuance the F-word. It's fucking wrong. You don't use those words. Uh, but like I said, 24-year-old me was more willing to accept his, re- his explanation of right. why he did yeah, it. Yeah. And at 53 now, I go, nah, I was fucking stupid. You shouldn't have wrote those words in the goddamn song. Right. No way. When they... um. When they re-released the Appetite for Destruction uh, on the second disc, the bonus tracks were the songs from the EP. Yes. I believe they left that song they off. They did. One in a Million is not on there. So that alone 
tells you that they they thought otherwise and they changed right. their mind and they came to a different way of thinking. Yeah. But we're talking about don't damn me, which for a person saying, hey, you know what, my artistic and creative freedom and expression is important to me and you can't fucking infringe on it. Uh, I think the lyrics to this song are are stellar, and I, right. and I love the attitude behind it, so, and I always have. So currently, November Rain and Don't Damn Me are tied, and they have to go up against Bad Apples. The trash collected by the eyes and dumped into the brain. Dude, fucking that damn, Don't Damn Me is a great song, and the lyrics are fantastic. And yes, and we're looking now at Bad Apples. All right, so let's hear Bad Apple. Uh, didn't play. Hold on. <laughs> you know, I love this song. It's a little bit different from the rest it of the is. album. See, I can see him doing the moves, the actual sure. moves. <laughs> to your happy world. You need love, but you're afraid that if you give in, someone else will come along suck it to your game. positive than some of the other songs in the album. Izzy sounds really different there. Yes. We talked about Axel's range and he just, listen. I don't know if you've watched the docuseries 1971. I have not. It's, uh, I think it's on Apple TV. It's eight episodes. And uh, this song is from 1971, The Osmonds. And when it came on during the documentary, Pilar was just like, I never really realized how much they were stealing from the Jackson Five. Oh, yeah. I go, the, everything. That's the only reason they existed. The whole thing. <laughs> they were the white Jackson Five. Yes. All right. Let's get with the real song called Bad Apples. Yes. Track 14 of 16. Mentions the Continental Drift. Do you think? Do you think Tommy Lee even knows what the Continental Drift no. is? Do you think he has any no. clue? At Tommy ever? Lee doesn't know his pin number. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it's fine. I like it. Yeah. I mean it's got a, it's another Stonesy one. Yes. got some keyboard. You know, yeah, some very piano heavy, in there. heavy dizzy read. Yeah, absolutely. But um, but we're sticking with November Rain and Don't Damn Me. No doubt. All right. Yeah. Here's Dead Horse. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> nice build up. Oh, I thought you were going to play Crazy Horse by the Osmonds. I thought for sure. I don't know if I have any other Osmond songs in my uh, library. To understand this life that we're all going through. I mean, listen how different this is from I all know. the other songs. That's why, and again, wreck my car. Now what to do? <laughs> 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 
This is a great song. It is, and his voice is a weapon. Schmitty has been uh, miming all the screams. It's so great. <laughs> I mean, it's it's great, but yeah. I, I still got to stick with November Rain. Uh, and I'm still going to stick with Don't Damn Me, right. but it is a fantastic, it's fucking awesome. It's great. It's a great, great song. And uh, also, again, Stones, a Stonesy feel yep. to it, kind of bluesy. And uh, but but yeah, I, Don't Damn Me has has meaning and importance to me, so I pick I pick that. All right, we're closing it out with uh, the second epic song of the uh, two CD collection known as Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. Right. This is a 10 minute and 14 second epic called Coma. This is how they close it out. Yes. They close it out with Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> plus, plus another song on top of it. come back to this world again. I love this vocal, this part right That's how they close out. Let him at the screen. Hold on. (laughs) How many times does he drop the F word? (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Like when he says, God damn it. Like it's, it's like, um, it's like maybe something's wrong in the studio. Like he can't, like he's just in the moment. Angry rage. It's just. It's just. It's pouring out of him. I'm wondering if coma is gonna beat down. Don't damn me. <laughs> are we making choices? Or are we talking? Let's talk about coma a little bit. I'm done. What? You're exhausted. <laughs> no. Exhausted. Are you? Um. Okay. They, they, like, just they close out the album with yes. this killer. You've listened epic. to 15 songs. And all right. Now, you've heard November here- Rain. You've heard Don't Cry. You've heard all this stuff. Yes. You've heard everything else. And then this starts, and it starts with a heartbeat. That's the thing. Is it just... And 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 the beginning of the song is impressive. Because that, yeah. that bass sound. I don't know how he gets that bass sound. It sounds like he's plucking the... Boom, boom, boom. I don't even yeah. know how he does it. Uh, and then into the vocal, which you just heard, is yeah. just, again, him rapping. God damn it. He, he, his voice sounds like a snake wrapping itself around your throat. You know what I mean? I, I just, it's just because it's constant. It's like sneaky. It's just, it's just fucking amazing. And then he explodes. He fucking attacks. Uh, and I and my main regret here is that and because I'm gonna I'm gonna insist everybody pause this podcast right now and go. If you've never heard Coma, listen to it. Just because you have to hear the the final four minutes of the song. You have to hear that we the fact that we can't play it here. There's this part where there's these 
this confluence of voices that are in Axel's heads, Axel's head, and it's all women yelling at him. All you want to do is have sex, sex, sex. You're a piece of shit. Blah, blah, blah. And then it closes with, "I love you." It's a woman who says that, <laughs> and then the vocal run at the end with, with the the lyrics about the this cheap investigation can't just can't stifle all my screams. I, it's just it, dude. The uh, well, that's what that's the thing. People are gonna are gonna be teased with our little clips, and they're immediately gonna gonna gonna. I can't even talk. They're gonna wanna. <laughs> That makes it gonna wanna. Is that yeah, what you yeah. say? They're gonna wanna go listen to these albums. Yeah. Much like the I way. I hope so. I mean, the way you were describing his vocal, it's much like this, I think. <laughs> All right, it's, it's fun that you're playing those clips because it shows you just how fucking bad the rest of the music was of that era compared to him. Compared and these, to these and this was a this was a comeback for Alice. Yeah, and not, and again, I love Alice, and he deserves every dime he makes. But man, oh man, you hear that and you just go and, and you compare it to what they've done on here. Even the throwaways on these two albums crush that song, crush those songs, crush any of that stuff. You know, I mean, Motley Crue has some trans- transcendent songs in their catalog that from that time and that era. Do they hold up? Mm, I, I don't know. Not like Guns does. To me, no. I, do you, I don't think so. Have you ever heard this Alice song, Lost in America? <laughs> oh my god. I love it. I love it. Don't you know where you are? Lost in America, lost in America, lost in America, lost. I got a mom, but I ain't got a dad. Have you ever heard this song? I have not. Do you like it? Uh, my dad's got a wife, but she ain't my mom. Oh boy. So what's he looking for? He's looking for a girl. For a man to be my dad. Uh, okay. But. Oh, no. But I want my mom and dad to be my real mom and dad. Wow. Is that so bad? Oh, I think I've been had. That, that just sounds like something an autistic patient would tell a therapist. <laughs> well, Mike, that's uh, that's the character of Alice is singing that, not Vincent Damon Fernier. Ah, I see. <laughs> All right, Mike. So, is Coma going to take down "Don't Damn Me"? Uh, well, is Coma going to take down "November Rain"? That's, For me, it's also... not. I just I can't get I can't get past "November Rain" right now. Okay. Well, I I don't want to give anything away because we've got other albums and things to do. But yes, Coma is absolutely going to take down "Don't Damn Me." Okay. I love "Don't Damn Me" and it means a lot to me. But uh, but coma is a song about there, there's a lot of suicide too uh, on these on these albums. You know what I mean? There's like three or four songs that really deal with like n- going away and not coming back. Mm-hmm. And coma is about um, you know if you read the lyrics or you think about it, he's he's essentially he's he overdoses and then he's uh, he's fucked around so much in his life that he doesn't have anybody who wants him to come back. You know what I mean? And and then one person he says when well, your your best friend dropped a dime, so your best friend basically called for it's it's. It's deep. You know what I mean? It's it's not, I need a mom and dad. You know what I mean? It's it's really important type of, you know, that's what I, Axel was, 
<laughs> he wasn't just a, a, a screaming idiot. He wasn't. He was very complicated and very. His lyrics are are very involved and very smart. And I, I hope he gets the respect he deserves. I mean, they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and all that kind of stuff. That's fine. But you know, people people make fun of him for the hair and the dance and all that kind of. And because he got fat, and then he was mad at the band and all this stuff. But uh, but man, that dude's a genius. Axl Rose is a genius. Was Al was uh, was Axl the man of the year or was Alice? <laughs> is that Alice? Yeah. I didn't know Alice was in a Green Day tribute band. 2003, The Eyes of Alice Cooper. That is straight Billy Joe, man. That could be off Dookie. I'm not joking. Yeah. Five years too late. Want to find out what happens at the end of the song? Sure. Kills himself, so he did kill himself. He lays in perfect state. But, but, all right, but end the song on the gunshot. I don't need to hear your fucking play by play of what your fucking well, wake now was he's, like. He's looking down. Bullshit. I'm mad at him. Right. If you're going to do that, you're going to go that route. Here's what we got Best song on Illusion One. We're tied at November Rain and Coma. And I'm going to say, I think we agree the worst song on Illusion One. I think we're both going to say Garden of Eden. Um, what do you think? Yeah, you know what I, I would say. So that's the song because it doesn't need to be there. It's and I hesitate to say worst. It's just you didn't need it. I mean, we have to pick had one. A, you could have been. Go yeah, I would pick that for sure. And the worst song isn't even bad. No, it's not bad. No, it's just uh, it's unnecessary, in my opinion. And uh, right. it uh, it could have been a clean fifteen. <laughs> right. Seriously, but I think they wanted to have thirty. Why don't they call an album clean fifteen? Clean 15. 15 songs, and they're all clean. No uh, swears. <laughs> No fucks, no bitch. <laughs> well, that's not going to be Guns N' Roses, that's for sure. All right. Use Your Illusion 2. Yes, sir. Kicks off with Civil War. This is the only song that Matt Sorum does not play drums on. This is Steven Adler. Before we say anything, let me ask you this. When you got these albums, you said you bought two? Yes. And your friend bought one. Right. And I bought one and my friend bought two. Right. Did you listen to two or did you, you bought one? No, I bought number two. You bought two and your friend bought one. I bought one. My friend bought two. Did you listen to two first? I don't recall us listening to them. Together? Together. Okay. I think we went our separate ways. All right. I was more alpha than him. So I probably, if we did listen, then I put, we put two in okay. first. Yeah. Cause I, I listened to two first. Me and Dennis, yeah. we listened to two in his car. I mean, we just, we just, we're we, rebels. Yeah. Why would we, why well, would you also, start at the beginning of the book? Well, two at the single. So I mean, last like page. Two, what happens? Two, <laughs> two is the one where we knew this. We knew one song on two. Yeah. So it was like one was going to be a full reveal. So I was right. like, I, I'm so weird. I'm like, well, we already know one of the songs on two. So let's listen to the rest. Yeah. And then one will be like this new experience where we listen to the whole thing in a row. All right. It kicks off with a seven minute and forty three second song called Civil War. This is Use Your Illusion, two, and Struther Martin. Yep. Look at the hate Listen to his voice. 
Look at the fear we're feeding Look at the lives we're leading The way we've always done before Uh-oh <laughs> Power chord <laughs> And then power fucking voice Now, what's funny is I love the drumming on the song, but you can tell that that's yes. that it's Steven. Yeah, it's thinner, and he yeah he doesn't hit as hard. Yeah, because he's a, a skinny fuck, and uh, Matt <laughs> was kind of Matt was kind of burly. Yes, Matt was a big dude. Yeah, he would slam it. Um, I love that song. It's fantastic. I it's, love it's Civil so War, good. and also. Uh, again, it's not about girls. It's not about cars. It's not about pussy. It's it's a social conscience. It shows that he's there's more to him and them. Yeah, you know. And if, as if you didn't know that already from the first album, Coma, which fucking completely blows the doors mm-hmm. off of any expectations he would have for this band. Right. Uh, but yeah, Civil Civil War got radio airplay too, and yeah. people were just like, "Oh, whoa, what the fuck? That's them!" And yeah. then you hear him when he gives that, "My hands," you go, "Oh, that's them." Yep. And then uh, if you listen to the albums in order. Uh, after coma civil war is like a complete reset of yeah. like what what two is going to be it's not going to be use your illusion two isn't going to be use your illusion one a if that's the way i can exactly say it. yeah yeah it's going to be a different a it's different experience a different experience for uh, sure and, and I, but i gotta be man last night i listened to one and then i listened to and coma played and again like i said thank you for for scheduling this show because it made me rediscover these albums that are always part of me but I've put them aside and moved on to other things. Uh, but now they're back in a big way. I listened to Coma three times, four times, five times in a row last night, and then just listened to the end over and over. Like I mean, it, it was like an hour and a half of just Coma because it's fucking, <laughs> it's epic. It's just a fucking, the words, the lyrics, the song, his voice, the guitar, the drums. It's just the perfect well experience. I'm glad to reacquaint you with this, and I'm glad to introduce you to Alice Cooper singing Sunset Babies All Got Rabies. <laughs> got a shot though so he's fine now i again if that's not called that if that's not the, that's fine i like that song and oh didn't that sound like a steinman song that had kind of a steinman yeah, kind feel of, the, yeah. i know the big the heavy big yeah. i don't know no. it yeah. also sounded like something from phantom of the paradise like it sounded yes. very 70s mm-hmm. that song i liked it all right i don't like the name of it or the fucking <laughs> the chorus of it but other than that it's i mean he i'm pretty sure uh i'm pretty sure teddy zigzag lisa goitch's uh fantastically talented oh. husband plays on that song well he's on he's on this album too that well, we're reviewing he's yeah not on this album but he's on this tour well he's in the video for yeah he's uh, in the videos but he's not he's okay. not on the album i see uh okay track two and we're back with matt sorum now on all tracks is uh and, and it's funny track two of use your illusion to yeah they uh 
they liked what either they liked what Steven did on Civil War because they could have easily re-recorded the drums. Yeah. Or they didn't want to leave him destitute. They wanted him to make some money right. off of these albums after putting in his time for all those years as a member, you know, with uh, Appetite and touring. Yeah, they wanted to help him. They, they just wanted couldn't. to help him. Yeah, they couldn't. So I kind of always uh, sometimes felt like they left him have one track here to get some. That's money. interesting. I never thought of it that way. So. Uh, this is also oh, the benevolent Guns N' Roses. Mm. Oh, you prefer to well, think that they're very mm. nice. I think this next song, uh, I think the first song leads right into this song perfectly. I mean, I just yes. think this, these two together, actually, I think the first four songs here all kind of go together nicely, but this is 14 years. The power of the drums. I'm gonna I'm gonna back it up. Bring the rain. It's just so much different. I'm trying to feel the sunshine. You bring the rain. So Keith Richards. Yes. Didn't know that Axel wasn't the only one who had problems with women in the band. You know, you gotta let Axel come in. Because you're just like, well, this. I guess this could be Guns N' Roses. I'm not sure, but yeah. Well, I don't know, but that. Oh no, it's Guns N' Roses. Now this is difficult. Uh, civil War between four against 14 years because it would be like choosing, you know, the one song Keith sings against the song Mick sings. Right. So it's difficult. Um, I really do love 14 years though. It's it's. It's tough. I mean, I think I like 14 years better. Really? I, I kind of think I do. It's great. I, I'm not going to argue with you. It's a fantastic song. But I think Civil War marked this, like I said, it, it gave them this social conscious. It gave them yeah. bona fides that they weren't just some fucking, you know, junkie band or whatever. And, and so I'm going to stick with Civil War, my friend. All right. Well, now Civil War in 14 years have to do battle with yesterdays. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a favor? Yeah. Play the beginning of that song. It's right from the jump, the, the very beginning. Can All right. you? I think so. I just have to reset the time code. All right. Everyone enjoy this, though, while I do that. <laughs> What's it? Just us talking. Well, I thought it was something where Alice had... No, I don't, I, I, I don't have ten hands, Mike. <laughs> All right. Let me jump to the beginning. The piano's gorgeous. Yeah, and it... 
Again, it doesn't sound like it's going to be them. No. And then it's them when Axel kicks in. Yeah. It has a almost like a Marshall Tucker vibe. Yep. You know what I mean? Like the... It's great. I mean, it's just, again, it doesn't sound like, that's what I mean. It's such a, and it doesn't even sound like one, you know, use your illusion one. You just hear that song. You're just like, oh, it's, it's different. His voice is the through line that connects everything and lets you realize it's them. I, I am having such a hard time with these first three songs because like the first four songs to me, it's like, uh, it gives me like a Western feel. Like we're in a, we're in a saloon. You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean the title civil war, Mm -hmm. but just the piano and it's, I know I picked 14 years, but it's very difficult for me to pick out of these first three songs. It really is. They're all great. And, and, and like you said, they're all of a piece. They, they very much sound like they, they absolutely belong together. All three of those songs yeah. sound like they belong, again, like a suite. And almost. then the cover that's coming up belongs with these two. Yes. Okay, so which are you taking out of these three? Are you sticking with Civil War? Uh, again, just because for the, the, the change that it represented and how they represented themselves. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm going to stick with Civil War. But again, I love those songs. Okay, I'm sticking with uh, with yesterday. I'm going to go with yesterday. Oh, so you're eliminating fourteen. Elim- years. Yeah, Got because it. yesterday sounds so good to me. Now, so good. The next song is the cover, the Bob T- Dylan classic, "Knocking on Heaven's Door." Yes. It's not going to go up against those other three. It's going to go up against "Live and Let Die." Got it. All right, as the what's the best cover of the two songs? So let's listen to some of this. And he's doubling himself there. Yes. wedding with himself. I know, it's crazy. Now, I don't, what am I going to say here? <laughs> Poison has an entire covers album. Which has a great title. What? It's called. We're, we're just kicking poison in the fucking chest all look, day. Poison is fun. They're a certain <laughs> thing. I know, but they're always my go-to reference point to go. Well, it's not yeah, that because they got they got headbands and they got you know whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And their covers album has the best title. It's called Poisoned. Poison apostrophe D. Poisoned. Oh, okay. So these songs have got been poisoned. Poisoned. Right. But I mean, Guns N' Roses took "Live and Let Die." And they took knocking on heaven's door and they, they kind of do a pretty straightforward They're version. Faithful. faithful. Yeah. And yet they make them their own. Yeah. There's no mistaking who I, it is. And you know, I can't pick one. I cannot pick one of these over the other. Yeah. I can't. What about you? Can you pick Are one? Are we having this battle now? Yes, we're here. I will tell you. Well, I didn't know if that was a, like at the end. We're here. Going, oh, we're here. We're sitting here right now. Let's do this. Uh, I, you know, if you listen earlier in this podcast, I think I made a reference 
where you said there were two cover tunes, and I'm like, yeah, one belongs, one might not. Uh, I had a very strong opinion as I sat down at this desk. Yes, I know. I, I thought, I thought, which one does he hate? Yeah. Um, but, but I will tell you. But I, I'm going back on that statement. I'm taking it back because I always skip knocking on heaven's door. See, I don't skip it because it's in the Western suite. It, of the it first is, four which songs. makes complete sense. Because now, hearing it now with you sitting here, mm-hmm. I forgot how good. I'm an influencer. Uh, you are. You've brought me around. I've got a blue check on Twitter, <laughs> as do you. I do. For no reason Why? at all. Why do we have it? Because I got in early. Terrible. That was it. Uh, I paid a guy. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I was, you know what? Like I always say, I don't ever need to hear Boston again. I don't ever need to hear uh, Tom Sawyer by Rush again. Right. There's some th- <gasps> songs that are just in your bloodstream too much. He's a modern day warrior. He certainly is. He has a mean, mean pride. Uh, but stride? I, from, uh, uh, mean, mean pride? He's got mean, mean pride at the end of Stride, right? Stride is the first one and the pride's the next one. Either way, he's mean, mean, mean. <laughs> he is. And I, I just, but I mean, I'm over it, you know? And so right. I was over their version. Until. This, this got a ton of radio airplay knocking on Heaven's Door, their their version. I think there was even a video that was very popular. The, and it, listening in the Bose headphones can change your opinion. Well, yes, it did. I, that's what I'm saying is I I was, I, for me to live and, live and let die was clearly superior mm-hmm. until I just sat here and listened to this part. And as you've mentioned, as it goes together with the other three songs, the perfect placement on this disc, uh, and his him doubling himself, them, the solo, the guitar work, it's just, it's gorgeous. It's great. I take back what I said. They both belong. So, I think I'm leaning now towards this one being my favorite of okay. the two. What do you say? Well, there's going to be a split because Live and okay. Die is still, for me, because it is such a sonically interesting song, and they are able to, as you said... Be faithful to a song that sounds so uh, so different, a unique song, but yet it still very much sounds like Guns N' Roses. Yeah, the accomplishment of being able to pull that off, uh, I I because look, not gonna Heaven's Door, fantastic version, mm-hmm. but a guy with an acoustic guitar could pull it off in a bar. Okay, so Live and Let Die is is a lot of moving parts, and to say faithful to the original sound mm-hmm. of that song, but still sound like yourselves, that to me is an achievement. So what we're gonna say is. And again, they covered Dylan and McCartney. Yeah. What we're going to say, <laughs> tell me if I'm correct. Both of these covers. The closest poison got to Dylan McCartney is one time they fucked a girl named Dylan McCartney on the road <laughs> in Columbus, Ohio. Mike, I'm going to say the closest poison ever got was when they covered Just What I Needed by The Cars. Did they really do that? You've got to be kidding me. There's absolutely, that, that song got yeah. poisoned? It's not the perfume that you wear. You can't cover the cars. These fucking dolts can't. Well, it's just... Is Ricky singing that? Nope. That's not Brett. It's Brett. Listen to how off-key it is. Go back. Go back. Go back. Listen to how off-key it is. It's off-key. Terrible. But I mean, it's off-key. How do you put that on the album? Listen. Terrible. It's out of. That's not in the right key. Look, Mike. All I'm going to tell you is maybe. maybe, That sounds like practice. Maybe we cleanse the palate with this. Hey! Come on now, everyone. Sit down. Shut up a minute. Give me a chance to talk. It's my turn. Get up 
No. <laughs> what? This is bullshit, right? Son of a gun. This is bullshit. Yes. That's Brett. Yeah. 2007. That's Brett. That's really, really bad. I don't mean to be mean, but I mean, but dude, first of all, look, you can't cover the cars because Ocasek uh, sounds so, uh, yeah. uh, you know, he and Benjamin Orr, they're, they're so different. No one sounds like them. No. And, and, and so to do, you can't do them justice. Let's cleanse the palate. That was off key. Okay. I, I'm shocked by that. I'm going to give you a chance to maybe <laughs> get back on board with poison. Would you like to hear, <laughs> would you like to hear their, their Bowie cover? Oh, Christ. Their Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers cover? Oh, my God. Their Stones cover yeah. or their Who cover? Which one of those? Well, hearing that, hearing that, <laughs> Brett Michaels, yeah. I have to hear the Bowie cover. Okay. I have to. All right. I bet it's China Girl. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> it's queuing up for It us. might be Ziggy. They might have done Ziggy. Okay, here we go. My worst They took the cripple. They took the easy one. Yep. It's just so generic. Yes. No, give me the Tom Petty. I feel like they they recorded this album in like three days. This is. I said it sounds like practice, Pat. I'm yep. not kidding. Oh, it's a good choice of a song to do. Yeah, I need I, to know. I thought it'd be American Girl. so generic but it's funny there are petty songs in his range at this voice at this vocal point yeah and he still chose the high one That at least was an interesting choice of song to do. Yeah. Outside. Um, Boy, that all sounds like practice. That really sounds like, they, like you said, in a garage. They slammed it together in three days somewhere. Jesus, fuck. So. Yes? Another band that was big when Poison was big is Def Leppard. And <laughs> yeah. Def Leppard did a cover song. We, we moved into covers now, Mike. That's fine with me. I, you know, look, dude, I love cover songs. I love right. them, love so them, love we them. we saw how bad... Poison did it. It was like they owed someone an album, so let's just do <laughs> this. It out, right. Here's Def Leppard covering Blondie. Let's see if you think that Def Leppard is able to do a covers album when Poison But again, that's can't. a rough band to cover, boy, because Debbie Harry's voice is, is just unique. I'm in the phone of it's the one across the hall. If you don't answer, I'll just ring it off the wall. Great choice of a song to cover. It's, it's miles better than the Poison stuff. That's because they've got Vivian Campbell and Phil Collin yeah. on guitars. But even his voice is in... He's not pushing it. Well, no Poison album has ever sound as, sounded as good as a Def Leppard album. Right. 
That's a one-armed drummer. <laughs> Boy, that's a great song. One more from them. Every time I do your show, we, we do this where I go, oh, you know what? What a fucking Christmas present of a song this is. No matter what you songs you can't ruin yeah you and i could do this song and do it justice it carries the it carries all the the weight yep that's why when def leppard will never well that was a jam uh, will always follow poison well that was a jam i liked that i liked both of those and uh and again also Two great choices, but boy, I, there was a Tom Petty. That was a good song to choose the cover if you can do it. But they just this. Can't. I don't know what. I don't know if if the production was bad. Everything was bad. I love cover songs, dude. Well, That's one of the reasons why it's so fun to go watch Foo Fighters live because they'll just go, "Hey, let's do this." You know what I mean? And they do some nonsense song that you didn't expect. You're like, "Oh my god!" But then well, when they make that gimmick into the fucking DGs, I just go, "Oh no, thanks." Well, it, let's get back into GNR. But first. Alice has got to cover Spirit. That's from Iron Eagle 2. Can you picture Alice in the studio ever? I don't know. No, whenever I, when I think he's, he's no nonsense when, when he goes he, in. Oh, sure, but when I, but I picture him singing, he has a cane that he's pointing at the audience. <laughs> like he has, I, he has to record in the studio with the cane up in the air, pointing at the engineer. Does he have? Does he have the makeup on? Of course he does. He's got the eyes on too, right? Yeah, he's not in a golf hat. Fuck all that. Alice shows up to record. Vince might split, but Alice shows up to record. All right, let's go. Uh, Civil War and yesterday's. Are now gonna get in the ring. They certainly are. With get in the ring. Here we go. <laughs> Why do you look at me when you hate me? Why should I look at you when you make me hate you too? I sense the smell of retribution in the air. I don't even understand why the fuck you even care. Dude, can you find the maniacal laugh? I don't know how far in is it. Uh, it's probably with like a minute left. It's before all this. It's before all that. I don't think I can find it. Damn it. I should have made the time code. Because it's just it's just this thing where he does this fucking psychotic. He's like, ah! <laughs> he does this crazy fucking laugh, dude. More All right. rage. Who's getting out of the ring, Mike? Who's who's leaving victorious? Well, I will tell you this. Civil War, yesterday's, yes. or get in the ring? 
when a uh, 24 year old violent Mike really, <laughs> really, this guy didn't ask this guy to host. I asked you to host. <laughs> well, I, I have to look at these albums through that prism. I asked the guy who will not stop ordering pizza from Gino's no matter how bad it is when it's delivered. <laughs> it's been a while. I literally <laughs> thought about, it. I'm like, I should get one more cause I have to go keto in like a week. So I'm like, maybe I get one more pizza from them. Give them one more chance. Let's do this. Yes. We'll, we'll do movie night. Maybe this week I'll come over and we'll get one then. All right. That uh, way, if it comes and we open that box and it's horrible, we can laugh about it. <laughs> We'd be furious. I don't yeah. have to. Yeah, I didn't pay, pay fifty bucks. Then myself. we can just go over and take that pizza and just like just smash it on face. the door. You just on the door and let it. Then like <laughs> at the top of the glass door and just let it slide, slide. to the bottom. All right, twenty-four-year-old violent, angry Mike. Uh, really loved getting the ring. Yeah, me too. Because I loved, I loved, again, he called, he literally calls out by name, Andy Sesher from Hit Parader, yeah. Mick Wall from Kerrang. Everybody, get Circus in the ring. Circus Magazine, Bob yep. Guccione Jr. at Spin. Why are you pissed off? Because your dad gets more pussy than you. Mm. Fuck you. It was just this angry fucking punk settling scores, it just angry, vicious. Um, like this could be on Use Your Illusion 1. Right. But but, but now, I would, but I have to be honest, li- listening back to it now, uh, it, it is... I hear everything that the people who didn't like it then heard. Mm-hmm. It is juvenile. Yeah. It is uh, petty. And it is, uh, it, it's just, it's almost silly anger. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like this is, this is uh, the other rage where it, stuff about, you know, his growing up or his childhood or his relationships, things like that. This is just, you're mad at people who are mean to you in a magazine. Right. Uh, there's there's another line too that always made me cringe, even back then. When he goes, you'd be spreading lies, uh, Telling the kids what they, you know, about the harder bands, telling the kids. It always, it always was such a drag to me. That's me uh, moving my leg up. No, no, I thought I, I, I was listening to something else. <laughs> Keep going. I'm, uh, I'm listening to just, you. Just the line where he, you know, he's like, you be spreading lies, uh, building controversy, taking money from the hard, you know, harder money from the kids. And I always hated the line, the kids. It always drove me crazy. Yeah. Just this. Um, but I did, but I also did like, uh, you want to antagonize me? Antagonize me, motherfucker. Get in the ring, motherfucker. And I'll kick your bitchy little ass. But I also hated that he said motherfucker. He pronounced the R in mother. Yeah. He's like, come on, motherfucker. If he, if he did it that way. Yeah. But listening to it now, it's corny. It just, it just is. He's angry and, he, and I get why he was mad and he was, but it was also ginning up rage that he wasn't really mad at these guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just, it was misplaced anger that didn't need to be there. So do I still like the song? Yes. Do I, did it, do I still like it as much as I did when I was a kid? No. So we still got civil war and yesterday's or, or well, what are you picking? I'm taking civil I'm war. I'm still certainly. sticking with yesterday's. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, again, I do like, I like the song, but it's just, it's, it all almost could be considered filler too at this point. Like yeah. you didn't need to do this. Yeah. It's uh, it's almost kind of faux angry as opposed to this guy who's a, he's, this guy is just, he's no more Mr. Nice guy. Now you're talking. Now you're fucking talking. Dude, when this song kicks in and dazed and confused, oh, so when they're paddling the dudes, oh. But see, this is, all right, since we're on this, that song, uh, Elected, I'm 18, Cold Ethel, Under My Wheels, uh, No More Mr. Nice Guy. The, the, Alice but, Cooper's but, greatest hits. But the, that's what I'm saying. It's like Desperado. Desperado. His, his Desperado yeah. is uh, astonishing. And that's why when I hear 
hey, stupid, feed my Frankenstein. I'm like, get, get. But I don't, no thank you. I'm happy for him because he made money. Under my wheels? Poison, exactly. I, I poison. Hello, I didn't hooray? Hate. Dude. Oh, and, that's what I'm saying. And it's, my, it's, this, this is still, this is my favorite Alice song. And when Eric Singer was in the Alice Cooper band, he would kill it on these drums. Teenage Lament, 74. Yeah. So good, dude. So fucking great. So great. Oh, yeah. And, oh. But that's what I mean. Is So that's why I cringe when you play these later things. And again, like I said, I'm happy he made money. <laughs> I believe, I have to say, I think there was one he did that shocked me because I really liked it, a later song. Um, um, well, he did, he did two, he did two albums in the 2000s that were, um, what do I want to say? They were more industrial. There was some song. Is that song the stuff you like, maybe? I don't remember. I just remember there was one song. By, it was like when the Scorpions did a song a couple years ago, and I was like, oh my God, I like this song. Like, I didn't think, you know, I, to me, the, those bands are preserved. They're frozen in amber. You know what I mean? I, I don't know anything about them anymore. Um, you know, the old stuff, certainly. You know, if you if you play Loving You Sunday Morning, I'm going to do a fucking cartwheel. But but you played something new by the Scorpions. You're just like, I, I like hooks. I All like, right. you know, right. I like ho- hooks and right. poppy type stuff. Dur- Alice is not a dirge artist. You know what I mean? No, I agree. I, I'm not a fan of those two albums per se, but you probably like, uh, I'll figure the song out. I'll you figure probably it out. like this one then. Okay. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love the song. Wait a minute. Are you telling me that I read your mind? I'm not joking. I, the second I heard, I was like, per- that's it. That's it. I like this song a lot. She's an overnight sensation. <laughs> you totally nailed it. I love it. She gets a the, I heard the guitar riff and I went perfect. That's, I knew it. At every shower curtain call. The lyrics are fun. And she becomes a pop star in the safety of her car. And then she falls to pieces. He's not trying now. He's serving the song. And this sounds more like the Alice Cooper band. Yes. And it's not corny. Guys, we're doing a little bit of an Alice Cooper episode throughout because he does guest on. Yeah, and Axel loved him, so yeah. so he it so totally it's, fits. Uh, so it's perfect. Oh, oh, oh nicely done! <laughs> I'm so happy you found that song because the second believe, I heard the guitar riff, I can't believe that I like read your mind on that. But you remember, I couldn't think of the name, and then I heard the guitar riff. And that's why I just blurted out "perfect." It's like that's it, perfect. That's I knew it. God, you're you're a genius. Well, no, <laughs> Civil War. And yesterdays yes. are now going to battle it out. I can't even talk. I couldn't say battle. Battle. Against battle it out against Shotgun Blues. Well, they could batter Shotgun Blues. I, I love that bass. Shotgun Shotgun blues. Blues. I don't know what I did,
sounds like Alice there. It does sound like Alice. It seems like a throwaway, and yet it's not. Yes, but it, it is, uh, in the context of the 30 songs, it is, uh, it is not necessary. No. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I enjoy it, though. I enjoy sure. it. But I don't I, enjoy I, it as much as Civil War and Yesterday's. Yeah. I, I, no, there's no doubt. Civil, Civil War is absolutely destroying Shotgun Blues. Shotgun Blues is, again, fine. Yes. And what about Breakdown? Is Breakdown fine? You know, but you know what's funny? Again, getting back to, like, because Appetite, to me, there's not a bad song on it. It's it's a miracle. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, but, but Appetite's not thirty songs. But but what I'm okay. But then what I'm saying they put out thirty songs here, mm -hmm. and twenty five of them are fantastic. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? In my and again, in my and again, opinion, we already said if you took the best twelve here, it's it's, it's Appetite. It's, yeah, and it's, then you still got twelve more that are also great. Right. But that but Shotgun Blues to me is is this is the song you put on your fourth album on side two as the third song. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like if that was an appetite, you'd just be like, this doesn't belong at all. Rocket queen destroys it. Everything destroys yeah. it. Shotgun blues is just, again, it sounds like it doesn't belong in their oeuvre. All right. <laughs> well, here's a seven minute and five second song called breakdown. Yep. Now there's another one. I think I want to hear from the jump. Yeah. Yeah. If you can play it from the we beginning go after this. We're this one sneaks up on you. But also, Amy, what you want to do. It's very much Almond Brothers. Yeah. Guns and Tomahawks. Can't you see? Yeah, you're Can't right. you see? What that woman she's doing to me? It's it's very again, like I said, Marshall Tucker and 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 that influence is there, and it fits in with the Western yeah. theme from the first three four songs. Yeah. Right. This down. is this this these are their uh, Bon Jovi Blaze of Glory songs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but yeah, but I I again that but that song to me very much it sounds it sounds like Can't You See mm -hmm. and Amy and like all those types of songs. It's very. And it's so wild. Like I said, this is a strip band. Everybody thought this was a band from the strip. Yep. And you see the influences just coming from everywhere on both of these albums. Okay. Now, hang on to your hats. Yes, sir. Because Civil War and Yesterdays yes. are going to go up against Pretty Tied Up. Uh-huh. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, you just so you just dismissed Breakdown. Well, I, I, didn't, I didn't feel like uh, either one of us were... Well, I'm not choosing it. No, I'm, I'm choosing Civil Wars. All right. But, I okay. just, but you, it just seemed like well, you didn't even give it, it, it. Don't just, give it short shrift. You must say at least I, present the matchup. I like it. It's but fine. It, but, I, I, but it just got its butt kicked. It's much better than Shotgun Blues. Yes. It is a much better song than Shotgun yeah. Blues. Against so it was, Shotgun it was Blues. more of a battle. But yeah. yeah, there's no doubt Civil War and yesterday's. Yeah, I mean, Breakdown trying. almost went the distance in the ring. It was but in then, the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. But I agree with you. I just, but I just felt like you just immediately dismissed well, it. I feel disrespect in the air for breakdown. Here comes, pretty tied up. All right.
was our uh, house guest, Elliot, who came in and out. So if you heard the uh, the door open and close, that's uh, Elliot. She's allowed to come in and out. All right. We we don't uh, we don't forbid her from leaving. Well, but I think I think it's funny that she comes in and sees two old men like bopping their heads and oh, moving their mouths to the lyrics. She's, There's no music she's for. She's been her. here for three months. She knows I'm an idiot. <laughs> uh, Mike. Yes. Civil wars. Or, I'm sorry. Civil war. Civil war. Yesterday's. Yesterday's. And Pretty Tied Up. Pretty Tied Up. What's happening? Well, Pretty Tied Up is uh, another song that I feel would have been right at home on Appetite for Destruction because it is sleazy yep. and it is it is about fucking, uh, uh, you know, tying a chick up and, and banging her when she's tied up and the, and the guitar is great in his voice. And uh, so for me, sit down, Civil War. <laughs> We're making Pretty Tied Up our representative as we go forward. I'm going to take it because for me, it is a song that is representative of them. It is it's this very sleazy. Mm-hmm. And like I said, Civil War was a an accomplishment and an achievement, but Pretty Tied Up is a fucking Guns N' Roses song. And for me, Good Night Yesterdays. Whoa! Because Pretty Tied Up is one of my favorite songs of these two albums. I love it. I have always loved it. Nice. I just everything about it. Yes. The music, the way he sings, the, the lyrics. lyrics. Like I said, it's just it's just I know sleazy. this chick, she lives down on Melrose. Yep. She ain't satisfied without some pain. Immediately you're like, what is going <laughs> on? Yep. And I I want to hear a little bit more. Yeah. So pretty tied up. I agree. I'm with you. Just moving forward. Ass. Wow. It blew, it blew a, a axe of rose size hole in this fucking it, competition. It took so many songs. Until, but I knew, you know what? I knew, I knew when Pretty Tied Up came out. Really? I mean, came up that it was going to, it was going to destroy. going to carry the day. It's going to yeah. carry the day. Yep. All right. That's what I thought. Well, it's fantastic. Now, Pretty Tied Up has to go against Locomotive. Yes. Eight minutes and 42 seconds of Locomotive. a chicken or the egg question for you afterwards. All right. Let me ask you this. Before Be- we get to before, the vote. Before we vote? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, do you think that Axel came up with the lyrics for a song called Locomotive and gave them to Slash, who then created a guitar riff that sounds just like a fucking chugging locomotive? Or did Slash first come up with a guitar riff that sounds like a chugging locomotive and brought it to Axel and he wrote, I got to write a fucking song called Locomotive over that. I think Axel had the lyric and then Slash said, oh, you mean something like this? That's what I think. Because man, oh man, it, it could not be better. It, it reminds me of like the, the guitar and train, big train, you know, train kept a rolling mm-hmm. where you just, this is the Aerosmith influence coming through in these guys in this song. And man, oh man, it just, it just sounds like a locomotive. It's like, it just, it's yep. relentless, just down the track and won't get out of your way. It's fucking great. Now, now the vote. Yes. Um, I've never been, I mean, I like Locomotive, but it's never been one that I've loved, so it's still pretty tied up for me compared to these two. I mean, there's a lot going on, and it's musical, and it's, but it's it's still pretty tied up is, you know, 
four minutes and 48 seconds of joy. Like, yes. So. I, I agree. Pretty tied up, absolutely advances. I yes. agree. But Locomotive is uh, is probably top five songs on this album. I mean, it, it is, a, it, and again, it's, it. you mentioned, you keep mentioning the running times, but they don't collapse under the weight of those running no, times. No, they don't, but I'm you just. You don't even notice I'm it. more saying it because of how epic of course these songs are. yeah I, I wasn't uh, taking you to task i just say that it's funny to me that you just say that's almost a nine minute song but it's not a nine minute song where you're like jesus is this gonna end right you're no, like man no, no, this no. is fucking just going and kicking ass yeah. and it's no really I, good. I mean it more as a positive than sure a, than a negative and, and i understand that i just but i it, it's marveling to me that you look and you go man this is a nine minute song and i don't fucking care right. i'm you know because a lot of times you'll hear a song and be like all right, whatever. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there will be some. I mean, not every song can be Caris Alhambra. You know what I mean? For, off, <sighs> off into the outdoor, which is eleven minutes of just oh, awesome, I awesome. Love it it's so, so much. good. Though, and it's just oh, it's like my four favorite songs Zeppelin. In one. It's my favorite Zeppelin album. Really, Fool in the Rain's my favorite Zeppelin song. I can yeah. listen to that over and over on a loop. Well, I love. Yeah, I love that album very much. Yeah. But Caris Alhambra, the fucking just the, the second. It's so great. Eleven minutes, and you're not tired of it. You're like, please play again. It makes me so sad. I mean. Um, John Paul Jones took point on that album. That's why it's keyboard heavy. Yeah. Because I don't think Paige was doing well with the drugs. But it's uh, so sad to me that that was the last album because I wonder what would have come sure. after that. Yeah, yeah. Man. Yeah. I, um, I will oftentimes now, I just I just put them on and listen straight through to one, two, yeah. three, four. Yeah, because Physical Graffiti is my favorite album. Mm. And... Uh, God, I, you you because we, we used to talk about like best debut albums and I, I that Cars album and Appetite these are albums that are just perfect albums yeah, from yeah. their first fully formed. If you ever, you ever look at Zeppelin one, you it's like you forget it just because yeah. all of Zeppelin is amazing. But then you look at Zeppelin one, you're like, that's their debut album. Holy I know, Jesus, it's everything. Yeah, it's uh, and and then two is two is just as good. Yeah, I like two better. And actually. two, right? Yeah, and two comes out, and it's funny because uh, I was just talking to my buddy Cameron Crowe's favorite is three. You were Cameron Crowe's your no, buddy? No, no, no. I was talking to my buddy Max about about how Cameron Crowe's favorite. He's watched Almost Famous at his place, and because uh, Tangerine closes mm, this. Yeah, end. three is his favorite Zeppelin album because it, I think it brings him back to that time. Three, Three, I need to still sit with. It doesn't resonate with me like the first two or Houses of the Holy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know. And then fucking four. Yeah, of course. I mean, come on. All right. So, pretty tied up now yes. is going to go against a song called What, Mike? Uh, this is going to be so fine, ladies and gentlemen. A song that is so fine. This is a departure. It is. We're showing some influences here. It had to bring in a different producer for this. So what are you going to go with? Oh, that's a coin flip. <laughs> i got to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Title uh, fight, so e fine against so fine. Was that ELO? Is that, uh, that was Electric oh, Light I Orchestra, see. Mike. That's, you know, it's so fine also sounds like this. Uh, this would be uh, a perfume in the 70s. <laughs> And that, that ELO song yep. would be the theme song for the commercial. Mm -hmm. As she's walking down the street, she's so fine. Ooh, ooh. And she sort of throws her jacket over her shoulder. <laughs> exactly. GNR versus ELO. Okay, here's the real So Fine from Guns N' Roses. You sure you want to play it? Because you look so fine. How could it be she might be mine? You be so cool. Super sounds of the 70s with ELO. <laughs> I mean, with GNR. So many times, I've been so fine. Oh, so many times, I've been so fine. 
like a Mick Jagger thing there so many times. Stone man works hard as can just to be a man who stands on his own. But the book always burns as the story takes its turn. At least it broke him How could you be so cool? I like it. But I do not like it better than Pretty Tied Up. No, no, no. Pretty Pretty Tied Up leaves this in its wake. Yeah. It's uh, So Fine is on the album because it's a tribute to Johnny Thunders, and he, yeah. and they let him do it because he wanted to do it. I don't think it belongs. I, I mean, I understand you want to pay tribute to a hero, and that's fine, but it was skippable, and it, eminently and, skippable. And it has uh, aspects of, like... Um, of the New York Dolls and of uh-huh. Lou Reed and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But also, I will say this: for me, that's the first song that sounds repetitive, mm-hmm. like a throwaway. That sounds like other songs on the album, almost yeah. like they recorded it the same day as other songs. Even the guitar sound, the the whole studio sound for that song, echoes a couple of other tracks in a in a in a knockoff sounding way. That that just sounds like an afterthought. Well, let's cleanse the palate then a little bit, Mike, with a song from 2017. This is Alice Cooper with Genuine American Girl. <laughs> a gag, for sure. Genuine American Girl, a bona fide beauty in an ugly world, my vision of pure femininity. How are you with that? I I think it's great because it's just a one, two, three pop yep. song and it sounds the Beach Boys could have done that fucking yeah. song. Yep. I'm not even joking. It it just sounds yep. like right out of the sixties, like da 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 da. You know, it's it's I liked that song very yeah, much. I liked it too. It's from the album Paranormal. Enjoy it, folks. Go yeah. get it. Go buy it. I make no money. Go get it. Please. Buy some Alice. He needs the money. He needs the golf. He does. All right. We're coming to the next. Uh, big, big, epic song of these two albums. I'm just going to tell this story because why not? Uh, you know, I, I was bouncing at the House of Blues mm-hmm. and I bounced for an Alice Cooper show. Okay. And a Slash joined him on stage. Awesome. And they did, uh, 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 he did... I wonder if I was at that show. I was. I went with Lisa Goich to see him at the House of Blues. It was fantastic. For School's Out, he joined him. And it was like, it was the whole production, the whole thing. And then afterwards, I was sent, because we used to float through the club, and they said, hey, go to the foundation room, because Alice is in there and he's mating guests, so you're going to guard. Because if you go into the foundation room, there's actually a back room with like a secret door. And they're like, "Post." my post was the door. And I was back there. We were in the fa- foundation room after the uh, Paul Stanley. We were. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, Solo uh, show. Very, very uh, exclusive. A lot of people paid a lot of money to be in those rooms. <laughs> and, and we just gonna, walk in sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the best would be like some nights Ackroyd would just show up with like 10 girls and go up to the foundation room <laughs> and just drink. He, he was a maniac. Elwood Blues? Yeah, yeah. Well, he owned the plane. He, he owned the joint. You know what I mean? So, because uh, I worked there in 97 and uh, 98 when I first got here. Uh, so I'm there guarding the door and Allison there, he's, he's receiving guests basically. Okay. People are going in. I met him. And, uh, and door opens up and Slash walks right out. Wow. And I'm face to face with him. I go, oh my God, Slash. I go, dude, you rule. I can't believe you're here. And he fucking just threw his arms around me. That's amazing. And hugged me right there. And I hugged him back and he's like, thanks. Yeah, man. Good to meet you. And took off. And then, but you're <laughs> saying sometimes this guy would be drinking. 
You know, people, <laughs> the other day, I had a wish sandwich. What? What is a wish sandwich? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. A wish sandwich is the kind of a sandwich where you do have two slices of bread. That's a good start. Either rye or white or pumpernickel. Could be any of them. And you sincerely wish you had some meat. Oh, oh. Could it be sourdough, Mike? No, sir. Only rye, pumpernickel, or wheat. That's it. Uh, Elwood Blues does not eat sourdough. Neither do I. I hate sourdough. All right, so Mike, we're coming up to what I consider uh, one of the one of the big epic songs of okay. the two albums, nine minutes and twenty four seconds. <laughs> Estranged. Yes. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. That guitar riff in here, the hook. November rain, coma, and this. Crazy. Estranged. The, the now I did turn. I turned the air conditioner off, and it does sound different now that I turned it off. Okay, does it sound I, I, different in your ears? Not at all. All right, not at all. Sounds the same, folks. Yeah. Uh, to, well, to, we're different people. Um, Everyone's different. I got bad ears too. That doesn't help. <laughs> um, I, I again the hook in that the yeah. oh my god that is perfect. And also the vulnerability he has in this song. Again, we see his rage. We see him angry. We see, but the vulnerability in this song. Put the guard down. Yeah, yeah. And and he did it, you know, he does it in November Rain, certainly, and in some songs, but this is personal. Like, Mm -hmm. coma is personal. Yeah. And uh, and it's just a, it's, if I wrote, I I say this all the time, like, when a band writes an estranged, or Mm -hmm. a band writes a coma, or, or an unskinny or bop, to the, the aforementioned unskinny bop. <laughs> like I, I am, I am really good at settling and and resting on my laurels and going, look what I fucking did. Look, at, I'm the fucking talent. Mm-hmm. Look at this. If well, I do a great podcast, I'm like, God damn, I'm the king. They kind of rested on their laurels after this album. Well, yes, <laughs> but but what I'm saying is, like, if you did estranged, like, and you yeah. and you heard it back, wouldn't you just be like, God, there's a there's a reason. You know, in addition to the fact that everybody gives you drugs and mm-hmm. blowjobs and tries to take care of you and everybody does every great Where's thing. this party? Uh, and he, be a rock star. It's, it's oh. every night. Uh, that's what I'm saying. It's like, in addition to that, where you're coddled and every need you could possibly want mm-hmm. is being met. I mean, at, at that point, again, Elvis has 15-year-old girls wrestling in their underpants. I mean, it's like, you know, you're, you don't know what to do with your money or your well, time. Well, we don't want that. I'm just saying life has <laughs> is, is changed in such a way. You know what I mean? And... and uh, it's it's almost hard to ask Axel to be normal. It's hard to ask them to go back to some sort of real life mm-hmm. when they're they're I, I, you you know you would read about the Van Halen stuff when they would have like midget fights backstage and just nonsense because again it's I read the Black Crows book and they're all on mushrooms all the time. It's just imagine that it's your job as a rock star, right? But then yeah. but then people are mad at you that you don't act you, you don't act like a normal dude. But it's got to be so weird to stay normal and vulnerable 
in this this atmosphere. And when you create art like Estranged, the people are going to gravitate well, to you and tell you how amazing you are. Here's your job right now. You need to choose between Estranged <laughs> and Pretty Tied Up. Estranged. I, I just because it's it's such a landmark for them. And it, again, another one, almost like Civil War showed a social conscience mm -hmm. and, and Coma showed a deeper understanding of what it meant to be uh, uh, in personal yeah. relationships. Estranged rips off every single scab this guy ever had. I'm sticking with Pretty Tied Up because Estranged, for some reason, never really gelled with me the way November Rain or Coma did. Yeah. It just never, I mean, it was always there and I would listen to it, but I never like, I wasn't like feeling the lyrics. I wasn't like singing along. I wasn't like into it like I was other but, songs on these two albums. You know what? I, I can hear what you're saying. Estranged happens to you. Mm -hmm. You know, you can sing pretty tied up and you can kind yeah. of, like you said, I knew this, she's loaded Melrose. Yeah. You kind of relate to it. You yeah, relate yeah. to these. Or at least you can, I can visualize it more. Right. But Estranged is like you're watching a movie of his life fall mm -hmm. apart. Yeah. Like he's like, look at this. He's opening five veins mm -hmm. and bleeding for nine minutes. Yeah. And I, I'm on, you know me, again, we've talked yep. about those movie choices and everything else. Yep. Uh, I am all for somebody who will absolutely tear their heart out of their chest and show it to you. And that's what Estrange <laughs> does, man. I, 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 I get it. it. I get it. And so I can understand why you picked it. Yeah. And I love Pretty Tied Up. It's, it's, it's fantastic. It's yeah. great. It's Guns N' Roses. But this is, this is an axle tour de force and, uh, and used all of the power of the band to, to he, w he went large to get small. Yeah. If that makes any sense. I'm, and that makes total sense. Now, the next song coming up, this is the first song that we heard from these albums, correct? You Could Be Mine. Yes. We this heard was it, the single. Terminator 2. Yes. In and, the movie theater. And it drove, and you were like, oh my yes, God. Yes, it was like. Because we were waiting for I music. mean, there's a song called Locomotive, but this is like, this is a freight train. Yeah. This is an, this is an atomic bomb. Yes. And. Because we, again, we were all waiting for them. Yeah. What was next? What was what next? What was next? And then these thunder drums from Matt Sorum, like you immediately go like, that's not Steven Adler. No. And also, but also truthfully, the second you hear it, you go, oh, that's them. Like yeah. you, there's no mistaking yep. who it is. It's, they, they sound like no and, one. No one sounds like them. I mean, if you listen to these, uh, as a whole parts one and two, this song then is buried at track 28 of 30. Yeah. Now I'm going to ask you a, a, a favor and yeah. I apologize. I don't know where you've got it queued I up. I think I have it queued up to the beginning. Good. Cause I was going to say, because the way we just described it, imagine waiting four years mm -hmm. to hear stuff from this band. You know, you've heard, certainly we heard patience. We heard, you know, the stuff from GNR lies. And then you hear this come thundering again. Listen to the bass, listen to the bass sound. Yeah. I don't even know how to explain why it sounds like that. Yeah. It's queued up right from the beginning. It should be because it just hits you like a fucking punch in the chest. So I'm turning, cause I'm not even fading it up. I'm just pushing play. Nice. You could be mine. And you're like, that's them, and we haven't even heard the most distinctive sound of the band yet. No. Dizzy Reed? <laughs>
already played too much. You gotta hear him though. You gotta hear the first line. If you had any doubts about who they were or what they were doing or what they were going to sound like, were they going to be able to follow up Appetite? And then you hear that and you're like, oh, I'm a cold heartbreaker, fit to burn, and I'll rip your heart in two, and I'll leave you lying on the bed. (laughs) (laughs) And then you heard that and thought... Oh, they get appetite too is going to kick our ass. Yeah, and then you heard estranged. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. they were yep. so. It was such a swing for the fences, man. Both of these so albums. You could be mine versus estranged and pretty tied up. Look, estranged is landmark, and like I said, it is. It is essentially a guy tearing his own skin off. Yeah, and and showing you mm-hmm. his guts mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. everything about him and all the hurt. He's a walking bruise in that song. Mm-hmm. But nothing tops hearing that song, You Could Be Mine, after not hearing music from them yeah. for two years and going, oh, Jesus Christ. It just, again, that, that right there, that sound, it's funny. It reminds me of like the Lars Ulrich talking about when he heard Welcome to the Jungle for the first time. He got a bunch of music from the record company. He didn't know what any of it was. So he's on a plane and he, he puts it on as they're taking off and the opening, the, you know, the, oh, the, the yeah. whole open of Jungle. Yep. And he said, he's just like, and he out out loud, he goes, what the fuck is that? And then he, you know, he just, it's amazing. And then he had the best plane ride of his life. Oh my God, of course he did. And, but that's what I'm saying is it's like that jungle announced them and announced itself so fucking vehemently. And this song showed you that they were still them. They were going to, there was no fucking around with these guys. And, and, and I agree. And it seems, it seems weird to pick the song that they released yeah. as the first single and say it's trite. You're just like, oh man, I know. Like people listening and going, like, really? You guys pick the single? It's amazing. You have to factor in everything, hearing it the way you heard it, yeah. and not expecting. I it, think you in know? the theaters and, when I heard it first time yeah. with Terminator Two, we did not expect to hear their music. There was no because this no. is again, there's no internet. There's no we no. weren't following releases. There was no it's social just, media. It just pops in. I'm such a grandpa at this point, but I mean, it just it just assaulted you mm-hmm. like you weren't ready for it. And and also it was great because how many times have you heard a band follow up what is quite frankly a legendary album. And you go, uh, okay. You talking about the outfield with banging? <laughs> it's tough. Uh, it's, uh, following up any classic certainly yeah. is is very difficult. Mm-hmm. But then you announce yourself with this. This yeah. is this is your new calling card, and everybody goes, "Oh, Jesus Christ!" You know what? They just got a different hammer. I mean, no. they they still got a hammer. Mike, it's just a different hammer. I'm gonna clear the decks because first of all, you could be mine. Is not gonna be beaten by. Don't cry. Alternate lyrics. It's not, but it's or my world. Well, we both agree on my world. So <laughs> right now, I'm locking in best song on Use Your Illusion Two is "You Could Be Mine." Best song on Use Your Illusion One is a tie between the epic November Rain and Coma. Yes. All right. Now I can see that. This now "Don't Cry" Two is just. I'm going to play some of it, but it's it's. You've it, cleared the decks, Pat. It's kind of a, like a big deal. I mean, like not a big deal. It's like I don't care about this. It was just like, oh, don't cry on this album too. It's interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting experiment. I love that he had two vocal takes he wanted to do, and did them. Yep. It's almost like they could have been back to back, and one could have been a reprise. No, I hear that. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, this is this is fine. All right. Honestly, you see why this is the the buried on two at the end. Yeah. 
It's a dirge. Yeah. The, the different vocal makes it a dirge. Yeah. If the other one didn't exist, then this one's good. Yes. All right. And I'm but, gonna, but if the other one didn't exist, that one is, again, it's just fine. Right. Yeah. For some reason, fine. I don't know why the different lyric makes it so much better. Yeah. But it does. And even they knew. Now, our playout song will be My World, which, if we can just agree, the worst song of, of the two. Axel has said, we were all on mushrooms in the studio. Like, literally, that's, that's, he's just said that that song so, was done on mushrooms. Uh, my World Against Garden of Eden, My World, clearly the yes. worst song. Yes, there's no doubt. On both albums. On both albums. Overall, overall, it's the worst song. Yes. And, again, our best songs are November Rain, Coma, and you could be mine. Yes. And our best covers are tied also. Yes, we, we, we split on that. So if we if we put November Rain, Coma, and You Could Be Mine against each other for the best overall song, what would you choose? Well, as, as uh, look, <laughs> I, I you know what I like, you know what I lean toward, and you know that I also love fucking when they, they gut punch you and they grab you. I... Coma is such an achievement. Mm -hmm. Coma is perfect. Mm -hmm. Coma is the best song on both albums. All right, and um, and I can't I can't choose between I can't even give a vote because I I like uh, really I love no and again it's the two biggest hits sure. of my two favorites but I can't I can't get past them they're just they're so, phenomenal you like whoever's picking the singles knew what they were doing yeah yeah absolutely uh, okay now here we go but Coma's Coma's my choice what's the best album. Use your illusion one or use your illusion two. You can only keep one. Well, you would probably, you probably pick one since it's got your song on there. There's, there's no doubt one is better than two. Even with the addition of you mm -hmm. could be mine. Uh, one, one is just the better album. It is. And I love the Epic. Again, I love estranged. I, I love civil war is, is incredible. 14 years is great. All of them yeah. pretty tied up. There's there. It's a, it is a really great album yeah. on its own. But one is is a more cohesive work, in my opinion, and it's it's just great from beginning to end. I think one is a more cohesive work too, and yet Civil War, fourteen years, yesterdays, knocking on heaven's door, pretty tied up. You could be mine. Just those songs alone. Locomotive, locomotive, estranged. I, I mean, yeah, I know, but, I hear you. but just the songs that I just named, yeah, make me like Use Your Illusion two better. I, 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 I'm not going to argue with it. Yeah. I just, but for me, coma is so good and don't damn me meant so much to me. Uh, I, I just think use your illusion one after, especially yeah. after hearing them all this week, listening and revisiting mm -hmm. them, uh, at 24, I, I gravitated to coma and, but I probably thought two was the better album. Uh, but now I, I'm, there's no doubt in my mind that one is the better album. So the only thing that we're wholeheartedly on that we can agree on, I mean, we, we both respect each other's picks and we agree with you. I agree with your picks. You agree with my picks. The only thing that we're, we're right on the money on is my world is the worst. <laughs> I mean, no one, no one can deny that. I, if, no. I, I don't even want to meet the person that goes, nah, I kind of think bad obsession's not the best. No, Shut no. up. Yeah. My world is just, it's, and it's that'll like, be our play out song. It's like inside on 5150. It's, it's, it was almost like they were jerking off in the studio That's and went, Hey, turn on the mics. Come Round, all the inside. You got three points there. <laughs> Corny jokes. <laughs> Stupid waste of time. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, Mike, yes. let's do some promoting right now. Let's you are 
the 40-year-old boy. Yeah, uh, you guys can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can be my friend at Facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. I'm on Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok at Mike40YOB. And I do the 40-year-old boy podcast every week. I say with a question mark because it's been bi-weekly recently, but it's going to get back on a Thursday schedule uh, very soon, probably this week, he said, hopefully. He says on a Sunday. Uh, you can find the show in the iTunes store, wherever the podcasts on Spotify, anywhere you want to look, Amazon podcasts, uh, or you can go to art19 slash the 40-year-old boy, and you will find the show. And there I am. Every working. episode's on art19, right? Well, and also, if you go to youtube.com slash the 40-year-old boy, that's where all the episodes are. Cool. All of the archives Everything. are there. Yes. And also every week, every uh, like five days a week, I'm on Twitch, twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy, the 40 year old boy Twitch channel. I'm, I'm doing uh, sometimes just chatting. Sometimes we're playing video games. Uh, sometimes we're playing marbles, whatever. It's fun and it's exciting. And uh, followers subscribe to me on YouTube and also on Twitch. I would love to see you there. Record that as a, as a file and we'll just drop it in next time. <laughs> I'm sorry. I often think, <laughs> should I just record like all my promo stuff and just click the button and let it play? I don't mind. I have it committed to memory, so I don't mind doing it. I just, I just worry that I'm making your show longer by doing it. So right. how's it going to get any more longer than it is? <laughs> uh, we are a rock solid show. Kyle is at Kyle Dotson funny. Go to rocksolidpodcast.com for all things about the show. T-shirts, Patreon page, all that jazz. And uh, Lisa Solak is at ALA005, and Lisa runs the Instagram. So check us out on Instagram. With that, Mike, thank you as always for being here. It's always fun. Two guys sitting across from each other and just talking about music and having some silly fun and some shenanigans. I am I am honored always to be asked, and I am excited to spend time with my friend. All right. Well, I'll try to have one of your friends here next time. And until then, <laughs> Elliot's my friend. You are welcome to my world, Mike Schmidt. Anytime. Step into my world. It's a social psychotic state of bliss. You've been delayed in the real world. How many times have you hit and missed? Your cat can't show disfiguration. I want to laugh myself to death. With a miss, fight, so that's with a big configuration. I'll hold the line while you gasp for breath. You want to talk to me? 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 You want to talk to me?